Perlman. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> That was the hardest 10 seconds to be silent <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I'm like choking on my own laughter. <laughs> Good. Maybe you'll die. <laughs> uh, so, hello again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. Uh, this is, I don't even know, I think this is episode 315 of the Mana Pool. Because, rather than actually use a canned episode last week, we just said, you know what, we're going to a GP, never mind. Yeah, I wondered about that. Yeah, have time to do it. I would have done it on the weekend, and we were busy. So, hang on, this is the Mana Pool, this is the fun show. Okay, <laughs> my brain back in the right place. We are brought to you, as always, by Cardshark.com, a better way to buy and sell magic. Everyone should totally go there and check it out. Got the card optimizer, save you some money. It's awesome. Yay, awesome. Uh, I am Chewy, as always, here to try to maintain and fail. What's the, what is it? The lead dork. That's my name. And with me, as always, is this other dork. Dork, what's your name? Uh, my name is Mike, and I'm the rules guy and the game lore guy. And regular listeners can all, can already tell that by going out of order, there's something odd going on today. Yeah, yeah, cause Brian didn't go first. Yes. Cause apparently it was Brian's turn to get sick and die again. So, <clears throat> it's, it's just me and Mike from the regular crew. Dirk is again swallowed up by Red School. Oh. He wanted to try to come on today, but then he found out we were talking about something he'd have pretty much nothing to contribute to, so he decided to get something worthwhile accomplished instead. Yeah. So hopefully that means next week we'll be talking about something pointless. Well, not <laughs> something <laughs> more us, and he'll be here, and that'd be awesome. But, <clears throat> to make up for the dead and the busy, we brought on two people who were with us at GP Richmond this weekend. Oh, yeah. Hi. We went to GP Richmond this weekend. Shut up. It's not your turn. Okay, now it's your turn. Hi, I'm Brian. I like to ramble. I ramble well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Actually, I, I, I know <laughs> I spell it properly. Oh, okay. Like a, like a proper gentleman. Hello, I'm Brian Frilliman, a uh, level three judge from Orlando, Florida. Level three? Yeah, you might recognize my voice from a little podcast known as JudgeCast. Or from an old podcast called The Avant Card Show. Yeah, I kind of set you up for that one. Or from, uh, <laughs> or, you know, this one, because he's been here a lot. Yeah, I, I really like the fact that when you guys were doing your, uh, uh, when you guys were talking about uh, the, what is it, your episode, like 300 Retrospective, we kept getting mentioned that episode, was it 104, 106? The the nine hour monstrosity was a favorite episode of people. It was yeah, pretty people cool love day. that. Yes, you it can be two and still be considered people. <laughs> I think it's, it was like four. <laughs> whoa, that's peoples. I mean, that's like plural, plural. Oh, whoa, whoa. So yeah, we brought Perlman on because Perlman was is going to be our judge perspective on uh, GP Richmond, and he was in the back on deck checks, grumbling to himself. <laughs> and out loud whenever anyone would listen, which was never, so to himself. <laughs> but we also brought on another person who was playing at GP Richmond and doing doing well. I was going to say doing better, than, but we won't get to that yet. Uh, doing well with a deck that's very much awesome. And who are you, sir? Uh, my name is Corvin, and I'm a random magic player that stumbled into the GP. Yeah, he is. And that's awesome. I was standing there looking for someone. Clues was like, oh my god, Chewie, you gotta find this guy. His name's Mike. Track him down. I was like, okay. I'm standing there looking around, because I don't know what this Mike person looks like, so I'm just kind of staring off into space. 
And this dude walks up and goes, are you Chewy? I was like, why, yes, because that's, that's my name. And he that hit me nice. with some crazy, crazy uh, news. What What is it you said to me? Um, I've been listening since episode 12. Holy crap. <clears throat> I haven't even been listening that long, which I think is what I said to you. <laughs> True. Yes. So that's uh, that's a long time. And yet, you were playing at a modern GP, which means maybe our demographic skews slightly broader than we thought. Yes. A long, long, long time ago. Excellent. Actually, we met another listener that we spent a fair amount of time with who's not even a casual player. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, hanging out with Justin was great. Yeah. So, but we'll get to the more specific stuff shortly. First, we have to talk about what Richmond was. And uh, if you listen to Monday Night Magic, I apologize, because these numbers didn't change between last night and tonight. So, uh, the previous <clears throat> record for a constructed event was uh, 2,227, which was somewhere in Europe. I forget which one. Anyone remember? Was it Madrid? Was it Madrid? That, I think that might be right. That was my guess, yeah. Okay. So it was 2227. Then Charlotte happened, and that was uh, limited, and it broke the largest event ever record of 24-something, I think. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. it was twenty? Oh crap! I closed the. Uh, Thank you. I had the window open last night that had the number. It, it was a billion. There was a billion people at Charlotte. Plus one. Plus, I mean, uh, I'm I'm rounding. <laughs> I'm rounding to make the. Ma- I'm assuming the the horse is a sphere to make the math easier. <laughs> oh, why you gotta make the horse a sphere? To make the math easier. Yeah, because he's an engineer. <laughs> Weren't you listening? Okay, wait a minute. Ruby Bresler wrote an article about it, and he called about it... About horses? Oh, about Charlotte. He called it the Grandest Prix, which I don't even know if that's proper English. But <laughs> So if you go control F and search for Grandest, I got nothing! Uh, anyway. Anyway, the number, it was like 20... Was it 29-something? No, it was 26 and some change. That's I not... Think. No? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. I didn't expect I had to do research for this guest appearance here. Okay, hang on, hang on. I got this. I got that. Bam! The number was oh, it was twenty six ninety three. Oh, <laughs> uh, idiot! It was only twenty six something. What's wrong with you, Prilliman? Yeah, well, it's only. I don't know. Let me go find my commemorative "I Survived GP Charlotte" pen or T-shirt. Did you get one? Yeah. Nice. Did you? Didn't you make those? No. Well, the the. Seriously, uh, uh, Star City provided, uh, um, a guy, na- a judge named Brian Spellman designed the pen, uh, or actually I think it was Sean Copeland designed the pen, uh, Brian Spellman modified the design a little bit, and then Star City, like, I don't want to say bought the right, but basically it said, like, hey, we'll, we'll cover the tab on getting these made, and then they also provided us, like, t-shirts that, that have, like, tire treads on the back, like you've been run over. <laughs> <laughs> and like a big splatter that just says I survived GP Charlotte. That's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> because that is what Charlotte was, as you guys know, because you listen to it here. But so yeah, twenty six ninety three, and but that was limited, and that was the gold rush, and it was you know centrally located on the East Coast. It was good. Uh, then Vegas happened. Vegas destroyed all previous records by uh, well by a lot. 
by hitting a cap of 4,500, which is... If there were eight no-shows. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. so it was it was uh, 4,492. I don't think I ever knew that. Yep. Which is amazing that there were only eight no-shows with that many number of pre-registrations. Hmm. Because I don't know if you know this, but Magic players are traditionally late for things. That's what we do, yeah. I mean, I'm late for everything. The the Magic playing part is purely incidental. Mike can tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But oh well. So, Vegas, 4,500 almost. Uh, But it was in Vegas... It was Modern Masters Limited, which is a draw, and it was the only time they were going to do that. So if you wanted to do Modern Masters Limited at the Grand Prix level, you had to be in Vegas. So those three things put together were just a massive thing, and everyone was going to... Even I was there, for God's sake. That's that's how big it was. And... Didn't um, school also let out? So there was, like, college kids? Wasn't the Electric Daisy Carnival also going on? That yeah, yeah, EDC yeah, was that also too. there. Oh, its numbers dwarfed the Grand Prix. Well, yeah. <laughs> I do know that uh, Brian Kibler showed up, registered a deck full of lands, and left <laughs> to go to the EDC. So, <laughs> so that was kind of a dick move. But, you know, he also gets up and goes to the bathroom while his opponent is uh, comboing out. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, so yeah, that was that was Vegas. This one is constructed, and it's modern. And everyone is complaining about modern's massive barrier to entry. And yet... 4,300 people showed up to play Modern. So I'm not sure if the barrier to entry thing actually works, if that many people are playing in a Grand Prix. Hmm, I don't actually know what to call it, but yeah, it was insane. Like, I have enough, I, I said all this last night, so I'm trying to think of something else to say, and it's not working. <laughs> I was wondering why it kind of sounded like you weren't interested in hearing what was coming out of your Yeah, this is the same reason that I've never brought Mike onto Monday Night Magic. Because Mike will say these things on Monday Night Magic, and then when we record the Mana Pool the next night, Mike will be like, meh. <laughs> it's just a thing, man. <clears throat> but in all seriousness, yeah, it was it was utterly insane. The previous record for Constructed was 22-27, which we damn near doubled. Star yeah. City had to get a whole other room, which was like, you know, a quarter of a mile hike or longer. <laughs> it was, oh yeah. Upstairs, upstairs, and across the street. Yeah, across the street, down the I sixty four, over the Shenandoah Mountains, somewhere around Waynesboro. <laughs> Roughly. Yes. Uh, when I had to communicate with the other room, I was, you know, text messaging and using uh, Facebook Instant Messenger to uh, to talk to other judges in the other room to communicate information back and forth. Yes. Thank goodness, because if you try to do it manually. Yeah. Although, although I did have to send, like, I have all these, I have these stacks of paper that I have to send. So I would send it, we basically like rock, paper, scissors, who gets the, you know, who has to go do the, the, the really poor job of walking all that way down. And then sure enough, like two minutes after they left, we'd get more papers that we'd have to send to that other room. So, and it was, it was like, it was like a 25 minute round trip walk. And you only had so many L1s on staff to do the goon work. Oh, no. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> had L2 goons to do the grunt work. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I only wandered over there once, but it was nice. It was carpeted, and the lights were lower, and it was quiet, and there was plenty of room. 
It was what? It, Mike, how did you put it? Uh, the country club. Yeah, the pink flight was the country club, and we were the <laughs> <laughs> the flea market. Yeah, there you. That is good. <laughs> nice. But a, as it always is at these events, I had I took my recorder and I asked people three questions, and I had entirely too much fun uh, talking to everyone and meeting new people like Corvin. Did you Did you actually remember to turn it on? Most, uh, most of the time, yeah. Because that's why we haven't gotten uh, the second part of Pittsburgh or Vegas yet, right? Because you just don't want to tell people that you forgot to turn it on. There are four parts of Pittsburgh, three of which have been posted. Jerk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you forgot to change the batteries after yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, on, on Sunday out. I forgot to turn it back on. But <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I'm working on it. I had work to do, and then I stopped doing that work, and then I made, other, I made up other work to do because I'm dumb. But they're going to start coming out. At a less than glacial pace. Wait, more than glacial pace. If only there was something that could motivate you to get them out sooner. Like maybe Prillman offering me money? <laughs> no. Oh, well. But Mike went with me, which I did. was awesome. Mm-hmm. And Mike went to play, because Mike is a magic player, weirdo. <laughs> I try. For the past several months, I've just been playing F&Ms, but... Well, did you, uh, so what'd you play? Oh, um, I played a deck that I've, I've talked about a couple times, uh, on the show. I really wanted to play Death Cloud, and the ramp decks I was making just weren't working out, and I, I just really wanted to cast really big Death Clouds. So I decided to put Death Cloud in a Tron shell, and I adapted, um, you know, the red green Tron shell, uh, from, that Charles Guinea was playing a couple, a few seasons ago, and moved some stuff around, and I had to, Take some little sub themes out to, to fit it around. Being able to play Death Cloud eventually, and um, I thought it looked pretty good. Um, <laughs> when okay during during the week leading up to us leaving to go down to, um, to to go up to Richmond, I ended up listening to both of our recent podcasts about advice on making the transition from the kitchen table to the tournament scene, and I was listening to the advice that that I was giving. And that Brian was giving about preparing yourself mentally and coming up with a good idea and practicing and getting cards doing all these things. And I'm listening to this advice and thinking to myself, Oh my God, this is going to be so bad. This is going to be so unbelievably bad. <laughs> Cause it figures that I would be, you know, totally not following the advice that I would give people on matters like that. But anyway, um, I don't know how much detail you expect me to go into right now or exactly what we're talking about right now even what's oh whatever okay we're winging it <laughs> we're winging it okay great you know pod- podcast casual right <laughs> yeah <laughs> black casual um but yeah i guess you can tell by the tone of my voice that uh i didn't win the whole thing or even do all that well i ended up one and three in the main event before i dropped to get into what was called the rebound event um which was something they did after round four for all the people who scrubbed out and then wanted to prove to themselves that their deck was actually good. Uh, the rebound event was just four rounds, and you were awarded prizes based on your standing. And I went one and three there as well, which was disappointing. Um, I probably wouldn't have felt so down about the whole event if one of my losses in, in, the, in the Grand Prix wasn't due to a completely, unbelievably boneheaded mistake. I made in one game that made me uh, lose the game and go to game three instead of just winning the match right there. 
that was that was embarrassing. Somehow I got distracted and slapped down the wrong Tron piece from my hand, and um, and instead of being able to play a worm coil engine and survive and turn the game around, I just kind of sat there and died to my opponent's next attack. And it was especially frustrating because in that game I'd fought back from getting hit by two Fulminator Mages. Yeah. I was honestly surprised I hadn't seen more Fulminators in the boards of decks. Mm -hmm. Because it's so good in Modern because everybody plays... What's the same reason Blood Moon is so good in Modern? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess it's more appropriate against decks like yours. Right, I mean, people were playing Tech Edges, but that might have been... I can't remember if that was the only opponent who I saw through it on a Fulminator Mage. Maybe there was one more. Maybe. I don't know. I think anyone playing um, Living In probably runs Fulminator Mage. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. What was that guy playing? Jund? Um, uh, wow. Um, yes? I don't know. He was playing Scavenger. I think he was playing also playing Scavenger Use, so I think the answer is yes. Yeah, 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 he was. Okay. Yeah, some of that stuff's running together. That happens. Hmm. So other than, you know, not doing as well as you would have liked, what, what do you think of the deck? Like, does it, is it worth trying to, to make work? Um, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Cause even after all that time, the games themselves kind of got to be a little too, the games got to be a little too monotonous just because of the straight line of play that you have from, from so many starting hands. Um, and, and the decisions you have to make and what you got to look out for. You just seem to be running the same program every single time, which is supposed to be, which is, you know, is usually a sign of a good deck that it's consistent, but after a while it just gets like, ugh. You know? I see. You're a closet pod player, aren't you? <laughs> Dude, if I, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know whether I want <laughs> to be able to play pod correctly. I would actually have to have real practice. I couldn't just goldfish over and over and over and over and over again and pretend like that actually counted. That's true. I would not want to play pod unless I had real events to go to where I was playing against actual intelligent, worthwhile opponents. Otherwise, I wouldn't learn anything. And I would just show up somewhere and screw it all up. <laughs> Did you hear that, Perlman? He What that means is he doesn't just want to play against me. <laughs> uh, yeah, he wants to play against real people. <laughs> who, who know what they're doing. The modern crowd died at the shop that I go to, so that's why I don't get a practice modern. That's unfortunate. It is. I think a lot of people thought the shop closed when it just changed hands, but no, it did not close. Hmm. I remember hearing that from a guy who was just outside of local at the GP that uh, we met there. He was like, yeah, I heard Lucky's closed. We're like, what? No. No. <laughs> Unless it closed yesterday, then no, it didn't close. <laughs> oh well. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was still interesting, and I did get to, um, you know, either uh, kill or severely cripple, you know, my opponent in several games with Death Cloud. Um, but it was it was it was just tough, and the results I put up were just disappointing. But you still got to murder people's faces with Death Cloud every now and then, right? Yes, I did. Well, then that's a win. Yeah. Right. It's all in how you define success. <laughs> so what did what did you... I know you beat a blue-white-red control deck. Yeah. In the GP. What did you beat in the rebound? Um, an Amulet of Vigor deck. Whoa, really? Yeah. He he got me in game one. He got me good. Um, hmm. He Because he got the combo before I could uh, 
start doing my thing. But then in games two and three, I just kind of got lucky because I saw uh, Ancient Grudge and Seal of Primordium really early in both game two and three. Nice. And, some, and something happened during game three. It was just so... It was just heartbreaking to see the crestfallen look on his face after it didn't work out. Uh, he, he ran out of hive mind and then he used, uh, a slaughter pact on my worm coil engine. And then in res- and then in response, well, in, I pointed my copy of slaughter pact at one of his guys. I can't remember what it was, like a trinket mage or something. And then he used, um, pact negation to counter my copy of slaughter pact. What? So like, he, he, he wanted, he wanted to put two pacts up for me to have to pay for. So I used my copy of Pact of Mitigation to counter his Slaughter Pact and uh, he didn't realize that my Slaughter Pact copy that got countered wasn't going to make me pay. So when I started my turn I was able to use two of my Prophetic Prisms to help pay for my Pact of Negation copy and yeah. I didn't lose. And it just really did not work out for him at all. Oh. And he was so disappointed. <laughs> Like I said, it was kind of heartbreaking to see the look on his face when I explained it to him. <laughs> uh, no, that's He's like, happens. so you die, right? Well, actually. I'll pay two blue and three, and uh, I'll draw my card. <laughs> like, slaughter pack? No, you countered it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Now I'm sad. Yeah. So, uh... uh how did, uh, so what time did you end up getting out of there? Or did you do anything after the re-GP? Or the, whatever um, they called it, the rebound event? Yeah, the rebound. I wandered around with Chewie a bit more, talking to people and whatnot. And then someone didn't want to go out to eat dinner. Someone wanted to go take a nap because it was 11 o'clock. Yeah, uh, someone. Who would that be? <laughs> Some jackass L3 that we know. We were like, dude, let's get food. He was like, what? No, napsies. Like what the hell? Oh, is you're talking about me. Oh, I was like, I was, I was all like, yeah, that guy's a complete and utter jerk. Oh, wait. <laughs> Look, so, all right. Yeah, that guy's a complete and utter jerk. I would just like to say that there was a time zone, uh, not a time zone. There was daylight savings time, and I was exhausted, and I had a full day the next day too. So me. We didn't you were realize. there working at the side event stage on Sunday, right? I, I was, yes, which was, which was basically like, uh, if you ever see a rodeo where they just stick the, the, the cowboy on the bull and just like give it a slap on the ass and send it out, that's kind of what that was like. It was just hold <laughs> on, hold on and don't get trampled. Yeah. When he told me what they had him doing on day two, I think the question was, wow, who'd you piss off? So- <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah so we I, I hung around because you know walking around looking for people to ask three questions and whatnot and i was like i know i haven't hung out with prelim and much except for his you know his break round let's see what he's doing for dinner hey mike you gonna hang out here for a minute and mike is sort of sitting there staring off into the middle distance and he's like yeah I'm like awesome i'm gonna go find prelim and hey could you, could you grab prelim for me sure and like five minutes later prelim comes out i'm like dude you're doing for dinner, <laughs> Napsies. What the hell is Napsies? It's like, because it's late. I'm not going to eat dinner. It's like, what do you mean it's late? He goes, look, this is one of those cases. I was hoping to be out by 8 or 9, and now it's 11. I'm like, there is no way it's 11. I pulled out my phone. I was like, oh, it's 11. Oh, my God. So I walked back over to Mike. I was like, did you know it's 11 o'clock? And Mike was like, there is no way that it... Oh. <laughs> yeah, because seriously, like, 
20 minutes ago, it had been 8.30. Right? No, yeah. no, no. It was not 20 minutes earlier. It was... <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so the GP, the GP, the, uh, the pink room, the country club, as you put it, uh, lapped us in the main room. Uh, they were, they finished a, uh, they were a full round ahead of us, uh, in the, uh, in the CD room, uh, because we had, uh, some lengthy extensions, uh, that kept us from being able to turn around. Yeah, I, I can't remember if I heard someone say this or if I actually thought of it. I think I just heard someone say it. But was part of the limiting factor that, you know, the pink room was just running one event, but the main room had to run two and only had one round clock? Uh, that was, that was part of it. Uh-huh. Um, but also if you have, if you have two clocks for that many people, I mean, it wasn't like a very clear, like, you know, green side, use this clock, you know, uh-huh. white side, use this. No, it, it doesn't, um, there are enough people that would not hear or understand that to, to cause a, a great mass amount of confusion. Okay. So it's just a bad idea to have two clocks in one room. With different times, yes. With different times, okay, got it. Yes. Um, unless, unless they're, they're, yeah, I mean, you'd have to like position the room and position the halves and stuff like that to make it very, very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably not, uh, not the best idea. Um, but you know, so that, so that meant, what that meant was a long extension on one side impacted the other side as well. Oh, well. And I also remember the, uh, the Twitter, they were using the Twitter to, uh, post pairings also, and, uh, it stopped working for the green and white section. <laughs> yeah, it's because the building's, uh, network was so completely overloaded. Oh. Yeah, so that's, uh, those are, those are some fun problems. So I know from a player's perspective, it was, uh, you know, why can't this stuff, you know, why can't this stuff be working right? And believe me, from our side, it was the exact same, we were asking the exact same questions. <laughs> why can't this stuff be working right? But, yeah, so uh, when I was over in the pink room, I, uh, asked, uh, Kevin Dupre, who is, he's the other L5, right? He is right. a new level 5, yes. <clears throat> yeah. I asked him, you know, so what are you guys doing that's, that's got, cause at that point they were about, uh, 35, 40 minutes ahead of the other room. And he explained it wasn't anything that they were doing differently. It was, a good chunk of it was just sheer logistics. You know, they had a lot less people. They had plenty of room to move from point A to point B and get the pairings up and get everyone to see the pairings and get to their seat quickly. Whereas in the big room, that's, nah. <laughs> and, and you know, just having having more players means there is more opportunities for like that one, you know, uh, I say that one table, or it, there's more opportunities for longer extensions. Just as you go up in in the volume of players. Yeah, those so. last last minute investigations are such a pain. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, those players play. They pay for their fifty-minute rounds. And they're going to get their fifty-minute rounds. So, how much do you pay for that? Uh, two dollars. <laughs> Man, <laughs> per per round, and then the rest is just like a finder's fee or oh, something. Okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 the way that works. But that doesn't mean that if you know if you go O2 drop, you can ask for a refund because you only use two of your you know, your nine rounds. <laughs> hmm. 
But oh well. So, uh, uh, Corvin, how did you end up doing? I went five and three. What'd you play? I played, I also played Death Cloud. And how many Grand Prix was this that you had been to? This was my first Grand Prix. That's pretty awesome. So, Mike, how many Grand Prix have you been to? This was my second Grand Prix. Oh, okay. Well, I'm uh, doing math. You were expecting some sort of high number so you could pick on him, weren't you? <laughs> I was, yes. <laughs> sure. I was expecting at least three. No, I've, I've been to more Opens than Grand Prix, and even then I haven't been to many of those. Right. That's okay. I'm... I got I got to pick on Mike uh, during during the event. Uh, I was I was over talking to Kristen Plesko and trying also to listen for the announcement for the Commander Pod starting, but apparently I missed it. So Mister Mister Shiver was was uh, was late, and so we got to call his name over the intercom, and I get to the microphone in a very calm voice. I see the name, and I'm like, I'll take care of this. It's like, <laughs> Michael Shiver, your commander pod is waiting for you. Michael Shiver. <laughs> so I'm rushing over there like, uh... I'm to the judge, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. So uh, please tell me that Prilliman was standing there grinning at you when you, when no. you got there. I, I didn't see him. I was focused oh. on getting over to the commander pod. Oh, but I did come up and say something to him later. I said, I totally deserve that, and I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you guys both played uh, Death Cloud decks, yet had drastically different results? Yes, and Corbin's take on it was, was much different. Explain more about what your deck uh, does. Inquantifiably better, I would have to say. Uh, <laughs> yes, clearly. Well... I guess the main thing that's different about mine is it's more of a rock build, so I'm not trying to power out uh, a big death cloud. It's just enough to keep the person off of it, like most of his mana. So what mine did was it it ramped the first the first two turns, and then I drop a planeswalker, either Liliana or Derek Wildspeaker, and after that I will untap. Double tap my lands and Death Cloud then leaving me with a Planeswalker or Kitchen Sphinx or something like that and just make beast tokens and run them over. So in the early game, I usually had, um, Inquisition of Kozilek and also Thought Seizes. So that would help me versus the combo decks. And my very first match, I went versus, uh, Red, Blue, White. And for the first three turns, I was just Inquisition of Kozilek. Inquisition of Kozilek, and Thoughtseize, and his hand was completely useless. And then, like, two turns after that, Dirk Wildspeaker into into Death Cloud, and he's only got one land left. And he stayed that way for the rest of the game. That's brutal. Yeah. And I went versus some really, really weird decks. It's like, I never saw Zoo, I never saw Tron, and never saw any fairies. I didn't go versus any combo deck. Um, I actually play versus um, the mono black rack deck. That was that was interesting. But yeah, oh, what's it called? Eight rack. Eight, Eight racks. Rack. Yeah. Nice. That might be the next modern deck I try to build if I decide to try the format again. Eight rack. It, it was a good deck. It it but it did die to Maelstrom Pulse. So that's that's what happened to that guy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was it was a great first experience at a GP. It's like I came with my friends. One of them 
left on the last day as an L1 judge. And the other one, he actually day two'd and got knocked out. And uh, Yeah, I saw him playing in like, the second round of day two. I was like, hey! Cool. Yeah. Yeah, my friend Jeff, he was... I think he... I'm not sure what his final score was, but he, he did day two. And we got like two hours of sleep that night, so that, that could... That could really affect your your score at the end. Yeah. Hey, Brian, did you ever hear uh, about how many people got screwed by Daylight Savings Time? I did not. Uh, I got to, since I was on the PM shift for sides, I got to sleep in late, so I did not have to deal with that. I can I will venture a guess and say it was in the single digits, though. That's good, because it had to be non-zero. Like, there's no way that nobody managed, or right. nobody forgot Given given Magic players' propensity for being late and the fact that we just took an hour away from them, it's yeah, it was almost guaranteed. Yes, so there was there was still at at uh at ten o'clock at night. Players would be like, so uh so if we won, we just show up. What time do we show up tomorrow? And it's like, oh, you show up, you know, uh and. And obviously the call time was nine, so we would lie and say eight forty-five. Um, right. Right. And then, and then be like, and don't forget daylight savings time. What? Daylight, huh? <laughs> and you guys have been announcing it all day. At the players I actually meeting. got sick of hearing about it. Um, over the well, PA. there's there's a there's a reason why we announce things all the time. It's because, it's because... magic players don't listen. <laughs> Right, because they're they're talking to their buddies, or they're excited about something, or they're shuffling up, or they're sideboard, you know, de-sideboarding, or or something. They're just not not necessarily paying attention, or they're like, oh, this isn't something I need to listen to. And uh, yeah, but but yes, you, we 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 made the announcement many many times, and yet still at ten o'clock at night, there were still people going daylight. What? <laughs> no, is that today? Ah. Uh. <sighs> Beat them about the head and shoulders. Well, we had to remind. I mean, we had to remind judges too because <laughs> judges are magic players as well. Uh, suckers. I mean, yes. what? What? So, looking at Mike's deck, like he said, it's essentially the red green Tron deck with the red pulled out. Yeah. And you're playing black instead. And I loved it when you would tell people what you were playing. Yeah, I got I got the same reaction every single time. It's like, wait, green black. <laughs> Why? Yeah. So what and a weird playing? look on their face. Green, black, Tron. Oh, yeah, great. I'm sorry. Did you say black? <laughs> <laughs> Every time. It was really funny because they're like, yeah, yeah, or green. <laughs> what? And when I mentioned Death Cloud, their response after that would either be, was one of two things. Oh, nice. You know, that's a good reason. Or, wow, you're a bastard. <laughs> that's a good reason. And I bumped into uh, Wade, another guy from a local play, uh, from our, our one of our local shops, mm-hmm. uh, later, and I told him how you did, and he's like, "Yeah, it's because he's playing Death Cloud." I was like, "What? He's you can't play Death Cloud. This is bad." I was like, "Another guy went five and three, and he's playing like a non-tron Death Cloud." He's like, "Yeah, that's not gonna happen again." I was like, "Damn, <laughs> damn." So I yeah, mean, look, bit- looking at Mike's deck, I'll put the link to this in the show notes. Oh, yeah. go ahead, Mike. You're about to say something. Well, really, the biggest functional difference between the two deck between the two decks is that because I'm playing a Tron deck, um, all of my cards that all of my non-land cards that aren't Karn, Wormcoil Engine, and Death Cloud have to be stuff that finds Tron pieces. Um, whereas Corvin can play like good cards in those slots instead. 
like good and useful cards that a person would actually want to play in a normal deck. Yeah, so the Worm Coil Engine, the Death Cloud, and the Death Star, uh, Karn, mm-hmm. are, are pretty much what you win with. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm also, I'm, I'm also at a severe disadvantage to what, uh, what like a red green Tron deck would be, would normally be able to do. Um, or also like a, a, a blue Tron deck without the green in it, is that I do not have the Eye of Ugin and Emrakul package. And I do not have the option of, uh, Mind Slaver and Academy Rooms. Like if you look, if you look at a more traditional, um, red green list, like Ancient Stirrings, not only finds lands, but it can find every single card that you could use to kill your opponent with. And that is not what is going on here. Ancient Stirrings, uh, misses my Garrix and misses my Death Clouds. So it's, it's, even though I still have to have it in here, its overall usefulness is, is pretty strongly impacted by the changes that I had to make, or that I felt I had to make at least. Also, uh, my options for multi-lands are way different than other Tron decks. I, the only lands available to me are, you know, uh, Overgrown Tomb, Land of War Wastes, not Land of War Wastes, yes, Land of War Wastes. Yeah, Land of War Wastes, yeah. Twilight Mire and, um, Verdant Catacombs. I decided to go four Overgrown Tombs and four Verdant Catacombs. And there were so many games that there were, there were multiple games where the life I lost from having to play my colored mana making lands made the difference between me dying and having one more turn. Do you think something like I, um, no, Ur- Urbor, Tomb of Yawgmoth would be good in here? Somebody asked me that, or oh. us that. Uh, hmm. That's a good thought. <laughs> yeah, I could just play, hmm. I could just play swamps and forests and, and Urborg and some, er- and some verdant catacombs. That's a good thought. Maybe just forest and a and an herb. So is this deck something that you're gonna take back to the to the lab and work it up and run with it again, or is it? Um, I've I've apart? already I've already taken it apart and and put away the cards that were being barred from other decks. Um, I I I don't think I'm gonna try to mess with it anymore. If I try to play Death Cloud again, uh, I'm going to take more of an approach that that uh, Corvin did. And, and just put it in a deck with like cards in it, uh, a deck that would like to also have Death Cloud, either something very similar to his or an eight rack deck with Death Cloud. Is that a thing? Would that work? Uh, it makes people discard, so hopefully. Yeah, you all right? <laughs> I only need to leave myself with one swamp to keep playing Raven's Crime. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> but uh, what? So what, what Corbin did, like he said, was this is essentially a rock deck with death cloud tendencies with his disruption, some card advantage. How did Knight's Whisper work out for you? I'm kind of tripped out to see two copies of it in here. Um, that's one of the major problems with this deck is that if you use all your discard, you usually end up with no cards in hand. So Knight's Whisper was the only card I could think of that was low enough on the curve where you could actually draw cards with it and get back in the game with more creatures or more spells that blow stuff up. So I put two in the main. But most most of the deck is just like removal and creatures that either want to die or gain me life. And, and of course the Planeswalkers, I, I tried to protect them because when a blue player saw Garuk, they always countered it. So I'd have to have a way to either get them back or be able to draw another one. So I play cards like Eternal Witness and 
Night's Whisper to get those back or drawn to more. But I had a really good um, a run against like the Bogle deck because Liliana doesn't care about uh, doesn't care about uh, hexproof. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't care about most of the things it plays. So when I made them sack a creature, their entire army would be gone. And uh, after the uh, one of my games versus Bogle, I actually damnation twice in a row. And then the turn after that, uh, Drown and Sorrowed his um, he the mer the the <laughs> core that draws you cards. <laughs> he like played uh-huh. it thinking next turn he'd be able to find enchantment and go off with it. And I was just like uh, Drown and Sorrow, and he had nothing. And I had I had a uh, Garrook active the turn after, and that was the end of the game for him. But yeah, it was a fun deck. I'll probably keep working on it. Cause I got I got friends that play modern every so often, and they run they run the main the big decks like red blue control. Um, like my friend, I said my friend he runs uh, Tron, and he day twoed. I have some uh, other friends that were like in Northern Virginia. They came down. I think one of them was playing Bogles, um, and the other one was playing Merfolk. I think someone was playing Merfolk. I think they day twoed too. But yeah, that's that's pretty much the deck. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think I like it in a rock build. I think it like it gives you more of a chance to interact and then just play a game, play a game, play a game, play a game. Whoops, they did something to disrupt me, I'm screwed. Right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, like my losses, um I lost to the deck I had the most trouble with the first time was um uh Infect. I Ugh. had I had nothing to their turn one, uh, um, forget the name. Elf, the Gl- elf. Yeah, the yeah. Glistener, Glistener elf. elf. Yeah, first turn he played it, uh, uh, she played it actually. Um, it was, I, I had nothing for it, no abrupt decays, no dismember, no nothing. So, the very second turn I got hit for five, and the turn after that I got hit for another five. And after sideboard it, it happened the same, same way. <laughs> and then, the the round that knocked me out was Affinity actually. Um, I had I didn't draw any Drown in Sorrows or Damnations, and he ran me over. So that was pretty much my worst matchups. Wouldn't it be an entirely too small world if uh, it was Denise that beat him with Infect? Because I know uh, she won one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I believe her name was Christina. Okay, good. Yeah, because <laughs> that would just be weird. Small, small world. Yeah, Denise's, uh, Denise and Chris were two guys that I met in DC, and I met Chris again in DC because I knew him from somewhere, and we could not figure out where for the life of us, but he became a, like a, a point to, as I'm circling the room looking for people to ask three questions, you know, see what he's up to, cause he's an entertaining, crazy man. He's great. And then it, I bumped into him first thing in Richmond, and so every time I say, how y'all doing? And she's like, I want one. <laughs> she's not. What did she do? She, I want one. She's not like a, like a hardcore magic player. She didn't want to answer her three questions because she's like, I don't know. Whereas uh, Chris had been playing forever. He was playing what he called an F-U deck, E-F-F-E-W-E. He was essentially playing mono white hate bears. Oh. And I think he ended up like 5-3 or 6-3. I think he just missed day two. He did pretty good, yeah. Yeah. So basically any card he could find that would piss you off and keep you from doing something, he was like, oh, it's going in the deck. Which, you know, hate bears, yeah. 
Seems a fine strategy. Yeah. He <laughs> said, because it doesn't matter what deck your opponent's playing if they can't do anything. I was like, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> it's very true. Hmm. 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 So, yeah, I'm going to put... Uh, actually, rather than put the link to the tapped out page here, I think I'll just put these up on uh, themanapool.com. Okay. Uh, probably it's two separate posts. Yeah, there's two separate posts. Yeah. Yeah. Mercy. Mercy. Yeah. So I think we should take a short break and figure out what to talk about now, and then we can come back and make fun of Prillum. I mean, uh, talk about hey. that. Do what? Hey. Hey, buddy. Hey, How you buddy. Huh. <laughs> So yeah, let's let's take a short break. So I'm on this mashup kick here lately, uh, as far as break music, and here's one I heard at work today that made me happy. It's called Funky Smoke. Uh, it's another mashup by DJ Lobster Dust. It's Deep Purple, and Daft Punk, and Usher, and Ludacris. I'll just let that sink in. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, enjoy that. It's bizarre and awesome, and we'll be right back. Okay, so after a quick break for bathroom and making fun of Prilliman, sorry we had to do that off the air. Uh, we'll make up for it though. Oh, uh, we realized we haven't actually talked about the the sheer size because, to be honest, Mike and I missed it. We didn't get there until what, like eleven, eleven thirty on Friday to get you checked in and then immediately leave again. Yeah, basically, yeah. When when we got into the venue, you know, there were. Still a fair number of people milling around, but some of the vendors had already packed up and people were ready to go home and get ready for Saturday. Yeah, I, yeah. I came in there early. I was at the front of the line on Friday. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was it was packed then. It was weird, too, because the entrance, you actually had to go get in the line, and then it wrapped around and went back out the door. So people would come all the way down thinking the line started like at the other end of the building. And they found out that they had to go back in where they came in and, and stand there. It was wow. a lot of people. So, like, the line in Vegas, I, I've talked about, Friday at Vegas was the worst experience in anyone's life. Like, it was awful. And how how did this... Did you see the line in Vegas, Prilliman? No, because you didn't get there till Saturday, did you? You had, you had a horrible plane life. I remember these stories. They were awful. Yes. It would help if I turned uh, mute off. Oh yeah, that that would yes. help. Yeah, that would gets me gets me at least once an episode. Um, so yeah, the the line in uh, so I did not work Friday, but I was there, um, and it was there was a judge conference going on, so I was there. Uh, one of my things was I was going to be evaluating uh, L ones to see if they could test for L two. Dream crusher. Um and. What, when we got there, and this is a long building, and you see the back of the line, you're like, oh, there's a line, and then you just keep walking it, and it, it was like the beginning of Spaceballs. 
you know that you know that ship that you pan, that they they slowly pan past and it just keeps going. <laughs> And when you think it's going to end, it just nope. It just keeps on going and going. That was the line. It was it was absolutely insane. Uh, and then inside the venue, it was it was crazy as well. Uh, the mini masters uh, was here. Here's what I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to say about mini masters. Mini masters is relatively new, and there are a lot of different tos. And when you think about it, uh, even though there's been a lot of events with Mini Masters, given the TOs that run these GPs, most of them have only done it like two or three times. And very, very rarely on the sheer scale of Vegas and Charlotte. Uh, uh, sorry, Richmond. Um, Vegas and Richmond. So there's a lot of learning to be done. And I think uh, uh, the guys that did Vegas, they learned a lot. They passed some of that information on to Star City. Star City incorporated some of that. They tried to do stuff. They learned a lot uh, of what worked and what didn't. And it's going to be a bit of an iterative process. So it is new. It's not like a normal GP where we've done these kind of things for years and years. And it's it's in a lot of ways it's plug and play. Um, so there there is going to be uh, uh, some growing pains. <clears throat> There. So be patient. We're working to get the, all the kinks worked out. It's a lot harder than it seems, uh, mainly because it's just a lot of people. And anytime you introduce, you start introducing people, you start introducing errors into the, into your well oiled machine. Especially if it didn't start off so well oiled to begin with. But you know, there's that saying like, no battle plan survives first, the first encounter with the enemy. Uh, magic players are the enemy. <laughs> in that analogy, yes. <clears throat> so there were, I'm pretty yeah. sure just in general, magic players so are the enemy. There, I, I use the, I use the analogy of like I, I like to use the analogy of uh, of Fraggles and Doozers. <laughs> For those of you that ever watched Fraggle Rock, yes, no, oh yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, so the judges. Are the fra- are the doozers, and we just sit there and we build, 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 and then the players are the fraggles, and they just come and <laughs> destroy <laughs> with an oops and a grin and yeah, shrug, and, and then we go by and 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 pick up the drinks and push in the chairs and you know replace table number four twenty because it got stolen again. <laughs> oh, magic players are dumb. No, it it was it was um uh Saturday morning. The event had not started yet and already it's like someone's already stolen table number 420. <laughs> yeah, can you guess what the other table number tends to go a lot to? 187? Uh no, 69. There 69. you go. Oh yeah, yep. the Yeah. 69, dude. <laughs> <laughs> because that summer was really great according to uh uh Brian uh what's his name? Brian Adams. Adams, there we go. Yeah, I'm like, Prilliman? No, Baker? No, what the hell is that Brian's name? <laughs> yes, Brian Prilliman, yes. <clears throat> summer of 69. Well, you are extremely old. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but, oh. and, and there was, there was a point, you know, they were recruiting judges on site, you know, come help, come help. They were grabbing judges, giving them shirts, putting them in there, uh, to do stuff. They asked me, I walked over there to where the mini masters was and, I'm a nice guy. I like to help, but I walked over there and it was just like, ah, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> How about no? 
Prilliman is a dick to judges. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, would you like to volunteer to help us? Yeah, you know what? Mm, I'm gonna go evaluate these L2 can, these candidates for L2. <laughs> oh, so see, you were working, that's fine. I did, I did, and I did it in the VIP area too, cause they hadn't started letting players in there yet, so it was just me and the candidates. Oh, it's great. Um, <laughs> that was something, that was something nice that they did, uh, the, the VIP, uh, area with like the water stations and the, the area for the, for the pros to hang out. Um, I didn't hear much comments about it, uh, from the players, but that was their replacement to fixed seating. Uh, ah, because, okay. because fixed seating is, bleh, is there were also, uh, phone chargers over there. Yes. <clears throat> Which wow. would have been important. I really wanted to ask if my media pass would get me in there to charge my phone. Because <laughs> it was hard to send uh, updates to what was going on when I couldn't get out. I should just ask me I had a spare battery pack charger thing in my backpack. Well, I can't be bothering judges. You guys are working. You're important people. Yeah. Um, so Saturday was, uh, was cool. It was fun. Um, I was, uh, along with my, one of my judge co, judge cast co-hosts, uh, Jess Dunks, we were deck checks, uh, the deck check team leads. Um, uh, and this is where I learned that I hate sleep in specials. <laughs> <laughs> and so my question was, I understand hating sleep in specials for limited, cause you have to register the sealed pool and that means somebody's gotta open the packs and write it down and someone else has to make sure they didn't screw it up too bad. <clears throat> but what what's so bad about sleeping specials well, for construction? Well, it's it's mainly because you get all the lists. Okay, so here here was the the complexity. Um, we co- we collect all the lists during the the player meeting. Okay, mm-hmm. and one of the infractions in the IPG is, is for tardiness is uh you know failing to comply with the time limit. So your deck list is due at the beginning uh or at the, when they're collected during the player meeting. And if you read the uh, the um, the site that that Star City had out, they said, you know, your deck lists are due at this time. Mail them to this address. And so they would come in. They came in in all these different formats, and players would come and hand them in at like the side event stage. They'd be like, oh, I got sleep in special. Here's my deck list, and they just give it to like random Judge X. <laughs> and so we were constantly finding throughout the first three, four rounds, little pockets of deck lists for people for sleep specials. And since we were split three ways, okay, so Jess had his list, I had my list, the pink room over in Waynesboro had their list of players. <laughs> and what would happen is when it was it was about round two, um one of the uh the, the Star City guys just comes up and drops a stack of 300 lists on the table. He's like, blam, uh, these go somewhere. (laughs) And so, (laughs) wow. So they were like a combination of things that were mailed in plus lists that were turned in and been collected. And it was just, it was a lot of, um, figuring out and, you know, use process elimination. I got this, I got a list. It's not on my, I've got this deck list, not on my list. Jess, is it on your list? No. Okay. It belongs to the pink room. So we have this little pile where all the things go to the pink room. And then we'd send a runner up there to go turn the, give those to the pink room. And then sure enough, 
another pile would come in from somewhere. It's like, oh, we found this on the public event stage. And so it was just this, this constant churn <laughs> of just, where did this come from? <laughs> this was in the fridge behind the milk. <laughs> this was in the fridge behind the milk, right. Um, or judge, or sometimes judges would just come back and just leave, leave. It was like, oh, well, here's the big pile of lists. So I'm just going to come and put this pile on top of this other pile without asking what the various piles were. And they put like, you know, the unsorted lists on top of the sorted pile. And then you're like, no, I don't know where my stack ends and your stack begins anymore. So the things we do for players. So if you looked carefully behind there, at one point you could actually see fire coming out of Brian Pillman's nose. No, it wasn't it's pretty quite, funny. It wasn't that bad. Um, right. It was interesting. I hadn't had to deal with it uh, uh, from that perspective before, so I got to learn. Um, one, I'll, I'll give one story uh, as a cautionary tale to some of your listeners. Um, a uh, uh, judge uh, comes up to me and is like, Brian, we have a problem. Uh, and I go, okay, sure, what's up? And he goes, I've got a player with an animate dead in his deck. <clears throat> and I go, okay. Uh, and he's got the deck in his hand. I go, let me see the deck. So I take the deck, and I look at the first card, and it is a foil swamp with the Graveborn logo. Oh. <laughs> and I look at the second card in the deck, and it is also a foil swamp with a Graveborn logo. And then I flip to the third card, and it is an anime dead with the Graveborn logo. And I continue to flip through the deck, and it's it's a slightly modified uh, version of the Graveborn deck. Um, and basically, what's going to happen is at that point, the the fix, according to the the IPG, is we remove all cards that are illegal for the format. And we replace them with basic lands, which was basically the guy's playing a reanimation deck and all his reanimator spells are illegal for the format. Yeah. For most. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his and, and some of uh, just other random cards in the deck. So basically, I was going to DQ the guy, but not really, right? Like, <laughs> so. It's a soft DQ. It won't show up on his record. Well, I mean, I mean, basically, we say it's a DQ, but in reality, the guy's just, we're, I, I, I'm. He's just gonna lose every game from here on out. Exactly. Yeah. So before I even go talk to the guy, uh, I go to the TO, Jared Silva, and I explain what the situation is, and I was like, I'm about to go ruin this guy's day. Uh, can we do something? (laughs) And, uh, Jared's like, yeah, send him over to me when you're, when you're done talking to him. I was like, okay, cool. So go get the guy talk to him a little bit, and this is where I find out the point of confusion, okay? When people hear modern, some yeah. people explain modern as new card frames. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Graveborn deck, new card frames. And the guy even said, uh, you know, he's like, I didn't know, I checked my deck against the modern band list, and none of the cards were on it. Oh, yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that is absolutely true. Um... Yeah, so, uh, for listeners out there, uh, modern does not mean, modern is modern era, not really modern card, fr- not everything in the modern card frame is modern legal. Yeah, the ban list only lists cards from otherwise modern legal sets that are not legal to play in the format. 
Yeah. Any ex- any expansion set or core set that does not appear on the list of modern legal sets is not okay. None of those cards are okay to play in modern, unless they've been reprinted in a modern legal set. Yep. So uh, so yeah, that was uh, so that was a a happyish ending. You know, it's the guy's first GP, um, and he was all excited to play. And, you know, we just gotta take him over and, uh, and, uh, the Star City guys were able to, to, to make it right. And, uh, um, then he was able to get into some side events. So. Thank goodness. It had a, it had a happy-ish ending. Uh, his day wasn't over. <clears throat> oh, good. Yeah. See, this goes back to what we were talking about in our preparing to go to tournaments is find out what you're playing, what's legal, make sure that you can play the deck you brought with you. Because this is just awful when that happens, and you feel you feel bad, man. You know, right? And and you know, much to people's uh, you know uh, uh, surprise, I'm actually not a heartless bastard. Well, you are. Well, <laughs> but not as a judge. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um. So so yeah, that was uh uh you know my team got out there. We counted. We uh, we we. Did us some deck checks. Uh, I got appealed a few times, which was, oh. which, yeah. Um, one of them, one, one of the, one of the appeals was, uh, guy was late, uh, for his match. So he got his game lost. I'm explaining and I'm like, all right. So, you know, uh, you will have lost game one. Uh, the person that gets to, you will get to decide whether you wish to play or draw for game two and there's no opportunity to sideboard and his opponent was like yeah i think it's random and i'm like you think what's random he's like i think it's random uh who gets to determine who plays or draws and i'm like no it's it's uh it's the loser gets to determine and since he got a tardiness penalty he essentially lost game one he's like yeah no i'm gonna appeal that <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> 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 go over, get uh get one of the appeal judges, and they come over and uh and uh and she explains what the situation is. He's like, okay. And then they play on. And I'm just like, ah alright. <laughs> Guess he just wanted a second opinion. <laughs> uh I get the feeling he was trying to eke out a tiny bit of maybe I'll get to go first. Yeah. Yep. That happens. Uh, it happens. Gamer's gonna game, as the saying goes. Yep. What was the other appeal? Uh, the other one was, um, on, uh, a, a card with, uh, not, uh, not, uh, serum visions, like scrying and mm. serum visions. So basically we've got this, this, uh, uh, what's called, uh, a game rule violation. And when you have a game rule violation, okay, you either rewind to the point of the error, okay, or you leave everything as it is and go forward, okay? And if you can't, Rewind. I mean, if you can't rewind, you know, stuff's happened that you can't re- rewind through. Like they don't remember what's happened exactly. Then that kind of cuts that option out, and your only your only real option is leave leave it as it is. And so, I'm. I give the ruling. Uh, the, the situation gets explained to me. Uh, uh, I make the ruling that we're going to leave the game. You know, too much has happened. I can't put the game back the way it was like i it's i literally can't and the player even agreed he was just i was just like with the grv i can either rewind to the point of the, of the error 
or or leave things that is. He's like, oh, we can't go back. And I'm like, exactly. And then he's like, yeah, but um, he's going to win this turn if I don't appeal. So I'm going to appeal. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not how appeals work. <laughs> and so Judge comes over and basically listens to the story and... You know, the players tell the story, and she's like, this is way too confusing. We're just going to leave everything the way it is and go on. Okay, guys? And they're like, okay. <laughs> All right. So, hmm. so you know, it happens. Uh, that was the, like, the last round. Uh, the guys were both... Uh, um, I don't want to say close to close to close to day two. I mean, this could have actually been the the deciding uh, factor as to whether or not they made day two. So uh, it was last round, uh, one of the last matches. So it was a, a tense moment. So I can I can understand the motivation for doing that. It's fine. You're too nice a guy. Which no, I don't think I've ever said about Brian. No, 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 no. It's understandable. <laughs> you know. And and no judge and no judge should be so uh uh you definitely shouldn't be like, Oh, I was appealed, hands on hips, I can't believe that. No, it's gonna happen. And you know, sometimes the reasons for the appeal are completely outside of your control. I mean the best you can the, the most you can hope for is make the right ruling and be confident in it. And then sometimes the players will just, you know, appeal anyway. We'd rather you didn't, but what you gonna do? Uh Call on appeal judge, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Word. So let's get on to the fun things about Judge <laughs> B. Richmond, and that's people. Oh my god, so many people. Uh, I got to meet some, uh, of my fellow podcasters that I hadn't met. Aaron Campbell from the Deck Tees, uh, Mike Jordan and Morgan from At Your Instep, a relatively new show. And they were all there. Asked them three questions. They were a lot of fun, actually. Uh, Rudy Brixa who has been making the rounds uh, of, like, GPs and Star City events, finishing pretty well. Mm-hmm. He, did he make day two? I think he, I, I actually, I don't remember, but he used to be on the Glory Seekers podcast before real life got in the way of that. So we had a nice long conversation with him while uh, Mike and Justin stood there over me going, let's go eat. So, <laughs> <laughs> we are hungry, you are talking that's why Aww. I did not go ahead and grab Anthony Lowry, who was sitting right there. I was like, you know you what? Let's go get food. You didn't just eat uh, the gray hamburgers from the concession stand? Uh, Mike, please explain. <laughs> please explain what? Why we didn't just eat the gray hamburgers at the concession stand. Oh, yeah, because we were going to go to Capitol Ale House instead. To get what uh, there? To get food that was actually like made with love. <laughs> or at least not made with disdain. <laughs> <laughs> at least not made... You know, just in a in a in an intense fit of who cares. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a good description for most of your basic event food. <laughs> an intense fit of who cares. Yeah, because yeah, we had been eating like we ate we ate fast food on the way down. We stopped at Wendy's, and the food my my food was terrible. It was not assembled well. It was something, not physically put together properly. Something was wrong with my chicken sandwich. So every time I took a bite, like I think the bottom was burned. <laughs> so every time I took a bite, I had to like, like caveman to try to get the bite that I just took to separate from the rest of the sandwich. And once I failed, 
and ended up with a mouthful of bread. And once I tried, I bit too hard, and the entire chicken came out. It was bad. And this is all while I'm driving, you know, 75, 80 down the highway. So it was not, it was not good times. Well, mechanically separated chicken shouldn't be that hard to eat. It's Hell yeah, already been se- It's already been separated once. <laughs> <laughs> but see, then it was refused with fire and burning. Uh-huh. But then we got to the the venue and ate, you know, venue food, which, as far as concession food go, wasn't it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was it was fine, but it was still, still concession food. But but if you have any better option, you'd be better off taking that option. Yeah, there was a subway across the street. That involved leaving, and we didn't have time for that. Oh, I cost I cost one guy uh three three extra dollars at the concession stand because he got he got uh the chicken fingers and fries were seven fifty. Right. And he's in front of me. He's got two hot dogs and a soda, and the the woman rang up seven dollars, and I just kind of like looked at, and he he just paid, and I was just like. Damn, seven dollars. I'm gonna put this back and get two hot dogs. And the woman's like, two hot dogs? What? Like leans <laughs> over. <laughs> and the guy's just like glare gave me a glare. <laughs> it's like I didn't know. I thought I was getting jipped on the ripped off on the chicken fingers. I was like, oh hot dogs, two hot dogs and a drink for seven dollars. That's like uh, find the golden ticket at the concession stand. They don't realize how much they can charge for these things. <sighs> Whoops. But, uh, let's see. So I got to meet the podcasters. I got to meet, uh, well, not meet, but I got to see again a bunch of the, uh, the, the names in the community and the judges and the, uh, the pro players and whatnot, a bunch of whom are, are actually starting to recognize me now, which is kind of scary. Uh, I always love talking to Jared Silva, probably because he's he's the best looking robot I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and on day two, like I'd been bugging him all day on day one, or, or waving at him, you know, holding the recorder, but he was busy, you know, because he's a robot. But on day two, you know, his programming actually allowed him to take a second, and he came down and answered three questions, and uh, I got to meet Andy Hecht, which is really cool. Uh, who is Andy Heck there, uh, Perlman, for those? He is, he is the judge manager for, uh, Wizards of the Coast. Uh, he, he flew out to, to bring the foils and the shirts because we needed more shirts and we needed more foils for wow. all of the judges that were added last minute. Was, was he the one with the black shirt with the Wizards logo? Uh, oh. I don't remember what he was wearing. He was wearing like a green shirt and had a long ponytail. He did oh, have a long ponytail. Well, I don't know who the guy with the wizard shirt was. Who that was I the saw. wizard's rep there again? I can't remember who it was. I didn't uh, go over the guy and see him all the slinging was, was oh crap! I can't remember who the guy spell slinging was. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, the guy over by the artist. I didn't go over there and see him while he was still around. And you know I didn't either, and that pisses me off. But there was another guy in a wizard shirt wandering around uh, uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who he was either because every time I'd go to track him down, he would vanish into the into the mist. But so whoever you a, wizards people were, it was such a blur. It really was. There were artists. What? Yeah, Noah Bradley, who is like a as far as magic artists go, he's a rock star apparently because you know he's cool like that. There was uh, Kristen Plesko, Cynthia Shepard. Was that it? So those three. Matt one more Stewart. person. Matt Stewart. Right, Matt Stewart. Matt Stewart, yeah, Noah Bradley. I completely missed Matt Shepard. Stewart. Yeah, I, I, I walked up to him and gave him uh, Matt 
Cordova's cards design. So <laughs> bad at this game. <laughs> I figured that out the hard way. So I I bought a print so it wouldn't feel as bad. So when he ripped him in half and gave him back to you, <laughs> crap is a mic. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't sign these. I, I didn't. I didn't draw these. Yeah, but uh, yeah. When Jars, uh, our resident Manipool artist uh, in the Philippines, saw that Noah Bradley was going to be there, he's like, "Please get him to sign something." He's like, "Like what?" He's like, "I don't care anything." Okay. He's like, <laughs> she was like, "What do I get him to sign?" I'm like, uh, "I think the temples are five bucks." And she was like, "Hmm." I was like, "You want me to sign my penis and get a picture because." <laughs> I've I've uh, watched hey. Noah Bradley on on Twitter or uh, Reddit. And can he, you he say pro- that? Yeah, okay. uh, I've watched Noah Bradley on Twitter. And he Reddit. probably on Reddit, and he'd probably sign it for me. Like I'm just saying, but but he it was actually Jars' idea to get the temples. He's like oh. he did these two temples, and I was like really. So I went and grabbed the temples and got him to sign them. Snapped a picture, sent it to Jars. So he was all excited. Uh, I got to meet. Let's see who else. Brian Prilliman. That guy sucks. Yeah. I got to meet, uh, I'm trying to think of other people. Oh, I got to meet Arthur Halliday, who was awesome and 75 feet tall. He's a tall man. Good lord. He doesn't seem that tall on Twitter. Like when he tweets, he's not necessarily tweeting from that high above you, I don't think. I remember when I was standing near you and you were talking to him, another judge walked past. He's like, Arthur, too tall. Stop Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, he was not wrong. Uh, I think uh, Arthur Halavis is the one that talked to my friend Jeff after uh, a guy kind of screwed him out of his uh, win on day two. Yeah. Um, he was playing a game um, versus uh, some guy playing uh, blue, white, red. And uh, he only had six permanents out and he was tapped out. And Jeff attacked him with the Emrakul. And the guy said no blocks, even though, you know, he's tapped down and everything. And my buddy Jeff was like, okay. And the guy's like, okay. And he's like, annihilator trigger. And he's like, well, we've gone past the point of uh, declare blockers, so you forgot your trigger. And that pretty much tilted him for the rest of the game. And Arthur Halavis was one of the judges he talked to after it, but he really should have called the judge. Say, he should have called the judge yeah. right then because yeah. nothing happened, right? Prilliman, give us, give us a take on this from what you know. So the annihilator trigger... Uh, if you move, if you move past to blockers and you're explicit about it, uh, because that trigger does have a visual impact on the game, uh, you, you've missed it. So did your friend move forward into blockers or did your opponent just say no blocks? My, the opponent said no blocks and then Jeff said, well, annihilator trigger. Oh, okay. sounds like a Jedi okay. mindset. No, no, no. Okay. So no, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something slightly, um, so, your opponent can't force you to move past a particular point. Okay, so if right. you're like attack, okay, the next thing that's supposed to happen is your opponent says, uh, you know, you know, okay, or, you know, let's move to combat, or I pass priority, or something along those lines, and then you go, okay, there's my annihilator trigger. If it's just like no blocks, then you can, and you go, whoa, 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 annihilator trigger. Uh, that's, that's fine. Right. Uh, you get your annihilator triggers at that point. So your opponent can't force you to go past a point that you don't mean to because as the active player, you're the one that controls the turn. Now, if he'd been, if he'd been like, and I go attack and he goes, can I declare blockers? 
you go yes, then that's different. And that's right. in that particular case you have missed. Yeah, that's one of those someone would have just had to be there and heard exactly what happened to make a call on on what happened because what the players say to each other is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and you can you can sometimes by asking questions you can ascertain what actually happened um and and get a and get a pretty good sense, but it's it is one of those situations that depending on what is said uh uh can can be either good or bad yeah, for he was, whichever player. Yeah, he was he was pretty much friendly with the guy when the match started, but like after that one thing happened that cost him the game, the guy just didn't say anything. So it seemed also, like he was fish, fishing for a win. Also, I I will say that it is a lot of people don't fully understand how miss triggers work. Right. Okay. You it's don't not, think that's because it changed like six times in a row, do you? It's also been stable for close to a year now. That doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> um, but one of the things is it's this big, long list of things. And by long, I mean like four or five things that really are just you know how people play magic normally, but it's really hard to describe. So it's like, it's like... Oh, well, if this has, if it requires targets, then it's here. And if it, you know, has a visual impact on the game, it's here. And if it doesn't have a visual impact on the game, it's here. And if it changes a game rule, it's over here. And in reality, it's just basically the trigger happened until there's evidence that it didn't. Right. Is, is really what, what the whole thing's trying to codify. It happened until there's evidence that it didn't. And if, and if I go attack, and you go no blocks, and I go hold on, annihilator. That's that's not uh, uh, it. It happened. Yeah, yeah, but I guess that's one of those instances where he sh- really should have called a judge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I can see, I can see Arthur Halavis kind of looks like Lex Luthor a little bit. <laughs> a little mm. bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So you might have been like, oh, if I call this judge, he's gonna like shoot me full of kryptonite beams or a something. A little bit. <laughs> If yeah, you take away the was... goofy grin, he is Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after the match and everything, that was the that was the judge Jeff talked to afterwards to get everything straight. But yeah, so uh, uh, I'll uh, I'll channel I'll channel clues for a second. Uh, yeah, and just say so. If you ever have any problems, questions, comments, or concerns during your match, please be sure to call a judge. And something something. What's the name of that store that Atomic I need to mention? Empire. Atomic Empire in Raleigh, Durham, North, North Carolina. Durham. Durham, North Carolina. It's a great store. You should check it out. <laughs> He's right. It is. <laughs> and you should. <laughs> um, yeah, just call a judge. <laughs> so let's see. That your was... opponent does not have your best interest at heart. <laughs> no, no. Unless he's Mike, and Mike probably has your best interest at heart. Uh, there have been a couple times where... Just, just in the general past, where maybe I should have called a judge to see if we should have backed up the awful mistake I made, but it would have made me feel too scummy to do so, so I just let it go. Yeah, see, that's that's not right. The, yeah, that's that's, that's bad. Anyway. That, that that is not helpful. Yeah. Besides, Mike isn't scummy. His beard is far too nice, dude. In that sea of dork beards, Mike's reign supreme, dude. Like I could spot Mike's beard. From a mile away, and oh, there he is, right there. That's Mike. <laughs> I don't know, man. You you could also just feel the lumberjack aura. 
<laughs> wafting off of him. Like, if he'd had a giant blue ox behind him, it wouldn't have <laughs> seemed out of place. I mean, that's what I was there for. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. There was Mike and Chewie the blue ox. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I was bird-dogging Mike, I was babe. So, except not. <laughs> but going back to people I got to meet, uh, like I said, the, the pro players, I got to watch LSV pick up a kid. Like, this kid, I don't know, he's somewhere between, like, 10 and, let's say, 14, maybe, in there somewhere. He's like a 100-pound kid for a photo op. He picks up the kid, they're grinning, and he was holding him, you know, in his arms. And the dad's trying to take a picture, and his dad, so of course he screws it up. And the kid's like, give me the camera. So the kid takes the camera and does this. He goes, here, you just push the button. And the dad screws it up. And LSV is still holding him all this And he's time. give me the camera. And the kid, and he finally gets a picture. And the whole time, LSV was standing there holding this kid just with the biggest grin on his face ever. <laughs> and this it's not like this was a toddler. You know, you just pick it up and hold it and hope it doesn't pee on you. No, 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 no. It, it was Mike, wasn't it? It was It was Mike, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know if LSV could pick me up. But, like, I walked up immediately afterwards. I was like, I was like, hey, LSV, am I next for the, the pickup picture? And he goes, I don't know, Chewie, we'll give it a try. And that just made me happy. But <laughs> I did not get him to pick me up, though. I was like, we need you healthy and playing. And he top-aided, so I guess that's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I got uh, I got Josh Utter Layton and Brad Nelson at the same time. Brad Nelson introduced himself as Josh's lover, and they proceeded to bicker uh, like an old married couple throughout the entire three questions, which was hilarious. And I can't wait until August of 2015 when you guys can hear it. <laughs> See, it's a slow posting joke. Someone invented a time machine. Ah, get on that. If you sleep a lot, time goes faster. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> but... Because I'm me, and uh, I'm very outgoing and very friendly, and I'm a raging egomaniac. Like, I'm a nice guy, but I'm pretty sure I'm awesome, and, and you should know I'm awesome. Like, it's just how I am. I, I'm, I try not to be in your face about it. You know, I'm, uh, yeah, how you doing? You know, whatever. But because of the raging egomaniac, I love meeting listeners. It is the greatest thing ever. And this place did not disappoint. Uh, I got to meet Corvin, who's like, I've been listening since episode 12, and I was like, what? I can't even, what? What? No one was alive back then, except for Prillman. Aww. <laughs> Mossy Moss. Yes. And, uh, Clues sent me a, a, a text. He's like, dude, come find me in the white section. I was like, well, that's racist. And so I go find Clues in the white section. And he's like, there's this guy you gotta meet. His name's Mike. Uh, go check the pairings boards and see where he is. I'm like, okay. I walk around the pairings boards. There's no, he's not on there. I'm like, I don't know. So while I'm standing there looking for him, well, that's when Corbin walked up. Never mind. But <laughs> we covered that already. Duh, just staring off in there. Are you Chewy? What? Yes, I am. <clears throat> uh, I got to meet people that I see at GPs all the time, like, uh, like Joey last name. Oh crap. Oh well. It, uh. Oh uh, yes, of the Rochester last name. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But yeah, he was at GP Pittsburgh and had a camera crew following him around. And then he made day two, so the camera crew's following him around there, too, and it was really weird. So I stood and talked to him, you know, after he was knocked out for, like, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, just shooting the breeze about what he was doing, what I was doing, and all that. And, uh, oh, goodness, excuse me. 
And so now whenever I see him in an event, you know, I track him down, say, hey, what's up? And he's always got his crew there with him. And I feel really bad because I can never remember their names for some reason. But uh, one of his crew was like, oh, hey, Chewie, you see that guy right there? You need to go clap him on the shoulder, say, hey, what's up, Birdman, and ask him three questions. I was like, yes, sir. So, because that's what I do. I do as I'm told. So I went and left him on the shoulder. I'm telling you to post the other three questions. I'm working on. I can't do it now. I got the. Uh, I got you know episodes things, to do. Things about stuff. Yes, it's things and stuff. But anyway, um, so I go up, clap this guy on the shoulder, and say, "Hey, what's up, Birdman? How you doing? You want to answer three questions?" And his eyes got this big. You can't see it, but it's far larger than a normal eye. Like if his eyes were literally this big, he would be dead. So his eyes were twice the size of his eyes. <clears throat> uh, roughly. Roughly. And. uh uh, it turns out that he, he was a listener, or is a listener, and his son was there. They drove 12 hours to take his son to his first GP, cause damn it, we're gonna go to the big stupid one. Even though it's 12 hours away, I don't care. And it came to the damn it big stupid one, and it was pretty awesome. And we, uh, we hung out. He was having us sign, you met him too, actually, uh, Perlman. He was having podcasters sign across shards of Zendikar lands. Oh, uh, Mike was his name. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that guy. Yes, I met him. Yeah, uh, the he lance was... he used for his for his draft set. Yeah, yeah. he that was uh that was really cool. I completely screwed up signing my name on his land, so uh I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. But we you know, he he had like his son had a play mat, he was getting all of these famous people to sign, he goes, Chewie, sign it and I'm like, That says L S V Like I don't want to sign this, these are real people. <laughs> but I signed it because he told me to and that's what I do. <laughs> And we, you know, we signed across. So he had, you know, like I said, a shard of, of Zindi lands. So I think I did Grixis because he didn't have Grixis done yet at that point. And I just right, right, real big across it. And he got Mike to do it, and I took him over. When I saw your name, Prilliman, I was like, oh my god, have you met Jess? And he's like, what? I took him over to Jess and got Jess to sign the lands, and, and we hung out and shot the breeze for a while. He was a really cool guy. Uh, yeah, I was able to sit and talk to him uh, just about. Stuff in general, playing magic and listening to podcasts and stuff. It was it was nice. It was really nice. Yeah. Uh, Joey that Andrews. is something. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was Joey Andrews is his name. I just found him on Twitter. <laughs> the, the Joey I couldn't remember earlier. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. He's a there, tall there is, Sorry. There is something about meeting the players. I wish I wish at events I had more time to to interact and you know like just sit down and hang out and stuff like that. But it's normally cool. You're running around. But thank oh, you yeah. to all those guys that came up, said hey. Yeah, he loves it too, even though he can't really capitalize. Uh, <laughs> and like, it seems like when when Mike and I go to these events, we always there's this there's the one listener that we just end up hanging with, and that was Justin McHugh, who is I say the nay on Twitter. I have been talking to Justin for I don't know probably a couple years now on Twitter. You know, he was supposed to be at Atomic Empire, and then. Crap happened, and he wasn't. Later, he was okay. I'm back. No, no, I'm not. More crap happened, and we just keep missing each other. And listeners remember a listener who worked at GameStop sent me a gift card, and I bought XCOM and loved it, and still do. Actually, I'm at the final <clears throat> mission right now on my next playthrough that I really need to play. But that was this guy. And it was so good to meet him, and you know, we we connected on. Did we meet him on Friday, or did we wait till Saturday? We waited till Saturday, didn't we? Yeah, yeah I Saturday don't remember morning. seeing him Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, after every round, the first few anyway, we'd be like, hey, how you doing? And we'd stand and talk for a while. And we never saw him again on Saturday. Like, nah, he's just, he's gone. 
so Sunday we made a concentrated effort to to hang out and uh, we were gonna go get lunch and we went to the Capitol Ale House and got lunch prepared with love and it was amazing. And then, so if you're ever in Richmond, go to the Capitol. I told a couple of like judges and players this. They're like, yeah, that's where we had dinner last night. I was like, oh, okay, well, duh. Bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we came back and he's one of our listeners, right? He's been listening to us for a long time, but he's never, he's not a casual player at all. Like he had never, ever played a game of Commander. <laughs> huh? I'm sorry, what? What the hell do you listen to us for? What? <laughs> So I did something that I don't think I've... I almost feel sorry for wasting his time. Right? <laughs> I did something I don't think I've ever done at one of these events. I sat down and played a game of Magic. Uh, you we, sat down and played um, a game with me where I was so tired and frustrated that I almost came across a table at you at the end? That was an open, though. We were there to play Magic. That was before I got oh, okay. the recorder. That was before yeah. it was work. Right, right. <laughs> That's where we met Clues and, and his hot wife. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I gotta see clues in his hot wife, uh, in Richmond. But, uh, yeah, we sat down, and I grabbed my Johan deck. Yes, I got to meet Benny Smith, too, who was one that helped us make the Johan deck on a story circle on, uh, an episode of the Manipool, yay. But, I grabbed the Johan deck, and Mike grabbed his whatever, what did you play, Mike? <coughs> Jorkadine. Yeah, your new Jorkadine deck. And he said, Justin said he was a control player. So yeah. Mike's here. Yes, yeah, so Justin said, you know, I'm, I like a deck where, you know, everyone just kind of hates me by the end. So I put away the decks I had started to take out of the box and I pulled out deck on Blackblade and I said, here you go. And Justin flattened us. Dude. <laughs> in that game. It was awful. He got off of Vincer Ultimate because I didn't realize that he was about to get off of Vincer Ultimate. And that kept us down. And I ended up getting jaced. Like he hit the Mind Sculptor's limit break on me. And I'm looking down at my one card in my library, knowing it's a burn at the stake, and knowing I have any damn creatures. And I'm like, huh. I look over at Mike, and Mike had, what, 19 points of general damage and no blockers? Yeah. Wow. I so like, I died to deck on Black Blade commander damage. And, yeah, Oof. and I, I well, we would have, but, like, when, uh, when it was my turn, I, I picked up my one card, and I went, huh, and I just picked up my cards. And then so did Justin. He's like, okay, I won. <laughs> and he did. <clears throat> we had no outs. It was awful. <clears throat> so yeah, he, it's, it's good that Mike gave him a commander deck that was his flavor. And then he destroyed us. It was bad. <laughs> it was not, I was, <clears throat> I was dozing off during this game because my aggressive creature based deck didn't draw any creatures. And when it did, he had a Vincer emblem, so it didn't matter. <laughs> so, and I just sat for the first time at this event, sat down. And ate lots of good food and then sat down again. And yeah, I, I was, I was dozing. I was like, oh, oh, is it my, okay, it's my turn. Go. <laughs> it was bad, but I'm glad that he had fun. Utterly destroying us. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Got to meet Justin Ricks, who is one of your judges almost down there, uh, Brian. He is. Yes. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's what, an L1 now? He's L2. Oh, he's two now. Okay. Yes, he is. Yeah, I think he said by in Charlotte he was not a judge yet. Like, I'd noticed while I was down there next to the judge booth, you know, looking for people to interview, that there was this one judge who was looking at me. And I'm like, I think I'm in his way, or he doesn't know that I'm media or something, because he's looking at me. And I get the feeling he's going to ask me to move. Because you're pretty. No, I'm not pretty. Not at all. He was pretty, actually. He's quite an attractive man. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. And then, like, a couple hours later... I'm standing there, actually up at, against the judge booth, uh, 
I was talking to somebody, and I turned, and he goes, are you Chewy? And I was like, oh, here it goes. Yeah, I'm Chewy. He's like, hey, I missed you in Charlotte. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And because I forgot, I had the brand new smartphone in Charlotte, I completely forgot that I had access to Twitter. I, you know, like three hours later, I'm like, oh, he was looking for me. Damn it. So, uh, now he's a one and now he's an L2. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to, got to meet him and he, I was like, you know, asked him three questions. So what you doing tomorrow or what team are you on tomorrow? Because judges love to tell you that. So I ask because they do. Yes. And he's like, I'm off tomorrow because I worked Friday. I'm going to have my son here. We're going to be, we're going to be playing. You should, you should find us. And so I did and I asked his son three questions and he's a cool little kid. I'm like, how many GPs have you been to? He's like, five or six. I was like, good lord, that's how many I've been to. It's more than Mike. He's like, like, come on, man. When I was 14, I don't think we had GPs. When I was 14, did we have magic? What year am I? I don't think they did. Yeah, yeah, because 14 was 20, was 19 years ago. So yeah, yeah, we had magic. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, definitely weren't GPs though. But yeah, it was, it was awesome to meet him. I got to meet, I said Birdman and son of Birdman earlier. Uh, Ryan Hoffman, who is, I know he's a Monday Night Magic listener. He uh, is he an L2? I think he's an L2. He's an L2, yes. Uh, <clears throat> I always make it a point to say hi to him, and he flagged me down and introduced me. He's like, hey, Chewie, this is my hot wife. And I was like, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is. Hello, Mrs. Hot w- Judge Wife. <laughs> <laughs> because Clues has a hot wife, and Ryan has a hot wife. And I'm like, huh. Is this a perk of the judge program? Because if so, I'm thinking of becoming a rules advisor. <laughs> and I said this in front of Jen and Clues, and Clues, the lady Clues is, you know, Dr. Mrs. Dr. Science. Yes. And, and, and they both were like, yes, yes, you should. But they're always trying to get me into your weird little cult, so I didn't. Cult thing, yes. Yeah. You're a cult. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, and I know I'm leaving people out because there are so many people that I won't remember all of them until I get through the footage, because everyone, hey, it's you, here, answer three questions, damn it. You know, because that, that's what I'm here for, and I need footage. And I think I got 70 or 71 audio files, something like that. And, like, Vegas, I have 99. So, whoo. Wow. Yeah, some of those are going to be blanks where I hit record and people weren't ready yet. And some of them, you know, were multiple people, so it's going to average out to 70, 75 actual people. I did one with six, uh... Local players that didn't, well, most of which I knew. So, you know. But These are was, all lies. You don't have that thing turned on. Never, never. I just. This is a crazy man talking <clears throat> into a broken box. It's just an excuse to make people answer stupid questions and think right. Are, yeah. <laughs> Next is going to be like, if you were a bird, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> <laughs> Second question, what color is five? <laughs> right. Third question, why don't you like me? <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I was, if you just, you just sing at them, have I told you lately that I love you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or better, you could, you could, you could ask them, uh, can you, can you sing your favorite verse from a Frozen song? Uh, the Nostalgia Critic's last, um, editorial was actually, are you sick of Let It Go? <laughs> And not having kids, so therefore not having seen Frozen yet, I didn't get it. I had to watch it. And then um, <clears throat> I think Honest Trailers on YouTube did Honest Trailers Frozen. And I was like, oh, right, got it, okay. You can remember 
Sam breaking into songs several times during the course of the day when we were visiting Brian. Yeah, but I didn't recognize the song. Brian oh. was like, oh, it's from Frozen. I was like, oh, okay. That's all I got. I don't know. Have, have you seen, uh, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel did uh, a censored Frozen. And, and so it's basically just like scenes from the movie where they bleep out words. And oh. that song, Do You Want to Build a Snowman, gets gets changed to do you want to bleep a snowman (laughs) (laughs) it's sort of like when the unnecessary censorship of the count yes oh my god that's the funniest thing it is absolutely hilarious so you guys know how i talk about like random youtube channels and stuff that i'm watching Mm -hmm. blame this man it's all prilliman's fault because prilliman is the one who sent me the link to the unarmed badass uh (laughs) skyrim and that was oh, Robus. Oh, the oh, first yeah. Robus video I ever watched. And now Scott and I, when there's a new Robus, we're like, oh my god, new Robus! And we sit here together and we watch, and we won't watch it without the other one. Like it's a thing we do together. Yes. <laughs> and there's, it started. When I go with, to visit Chewy, I get to see new Robus videos that Chewy thought were funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're great. And like it, and it started with Robus videos, and then I just branched out, and now. I'm like a YouTube addict, <clears throat> and I have lots of shows that I wait for the next episode, you know, Death Battle and Game Theory, stuff I've talked about on the show in Monday Night Magic, and it's all Perlman's fault because he sent me the link to the Unarmed Badass in Skyrim. So, thank you for eating up all of my productivity, you jerk. That's why I don't have the freaking three questions posted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying that. around watching internet TV all the time. Totally. But and that's true. Like I come home, that's the first thing I do. Is turn on the Xbox and see if any, anybody posts anything new. <clears throat> anyway, it's uh, <laughs> it's a uh, God. I hate Brian Pro. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's. <laughs> so I say this after every grand, <laughs> and now we have Corvin here to back me up. Whether you're a casual player or not, you should go to a Grand Prix. Like whether you're playing or not. Yes. Just go. Have fun. If you wanna, uh, if you wanna play, then play. If you wanna play in side events, there's a gazillion. And the bigger the event, the more side events are gonna fire. I don't know how many modern and legacy winner boxes I heard, but oh my god, legacy winner boxes were everywhere. Yes. Uh, just drafts, two headed, there was a massive two headed giant tournament. Oh my god. Yeah, it had. How many teams were in that? Uh, a hundred, a hundred and twenty, I wanna say. Jeez. Teams? Teams. Ooh. I, I know this because for a half hour before then we were scrambling to try and make sure that we had enough space. Cause it was, it was just like, how many teams we got? 40 teams. Okay, we got space for 40 teams. Wait, wait, how many people do we have now? 60 teams. Crap. Okay, we'll move them over here. And how many teams do we have now? A hundred teams. When will this stop? Please <laughs> make it stop. Yeah. But yeah, just just keeping 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 the mass of eight mans from spilling into the free areas that we were trying to keep uh, uh, open for the two headed giant, and then the legacy challenge uh, that that started at four had three hundred players on Friday. It only had uh, about a hundred players on Sunday, thankfully. Or else we would have, we would if we'd had another 300 players that we suddenly have to find space for, and that's not a small amount of players, you know. And that's one and a half times the size of a large GP, or not a GP, a PTQ. Yeah. Oof. Oof. But yeah, I think we announced like you know, uh, modern win a box number 97, uh, 
draft, you know, team draft number 42. You oh, know, my just, God, really? Yeah. <laughs> I got called. I was wondering what Jen was doing. Was the team draft three on three? Yes. Okay. I, I walked up on the Lady Clues explaining to some players. So I walked up on the end of it. And, uh, I look, I, like, it sounded like they were, I knew they were talking about draft because they had stacks, uh, boosters in front of them. But, uh, it was weird because there were only six people sitting there and she's talking about building your decks together, but not the pool. And I'm going, what in the hell kind of draft is this? Oh, it makes sense now. It was a team draft. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It was bizarre. So, <clears throat> so I got to do, uh, so at the very end of the event, so I was one of the people that shut the place down on Sunday night, uh, uh, like around 11 o'clock. Uh, got to do something really fun. Um, so one of the other judges, uh, had a big barrel, like where we'd been packing up and the only people left are the, uh, the, the draft going They're in the, they're in the semifinals, um, of the super Sunday series, uh, the, mm-hmm. the final draft. Um, and it's packed up and one of the judges has his jar of, uh, giant jar of cheese balls on the end of the stage. And I'm over, I'm over talking to that judge about, one of his conferences and we're having a, a con- uh, you know, a conversation and a player, you know, we, we look over there and we see a player take the lid off of, uh, not, not a player, a spectator, take the lid off of the jar of cheese balls and reach in and grab a big handful of cheese balls, put them in a napkin, another big handful of cheese balls, <laughs> another big handful of cheese balls, four big handfuls of cheese balls. <clears throat> well, the judge is just looking over there and he's like, what is that guy doing to my cheese balls? It's like, and I look at, I look and I was like, theft of tournament materials? And he's like, run it. <laughs> so I start to get up, so I start to get up, and he's, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa stop, 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 you're smiling too much. So <laughs> I take, I take like a few seconds and I have to like, I have to like, you know, like slap my face a few times to get the smile off. Um, so I go over to the, to the player. <laughs> and I was just like, sir, can I speak you away from the table for a minute? <laughs> and he goes like, okay. He turns around and he's got, he's got basically, he's got this big giant pile of cheese balls in his hands. I almost lose it right there. <laughs> and I just go in the dead serious tone that I can mutter is like, sir, I'm going to have to ask you where you got the cheese balls from. And he, and he goes, he goes, a judge said I could have them. And I just kind of like raise an eyebrow and I'm like, oh, really? What judge? And he turns around and points to the judge on the stage. Um, who's, you know, a few feet from the, uh, from the cheese balls. And I think at that point, I just look back at, uh, the guy who, the, the judge who owned the cheese balls and we just start busting. We just start laughing. <laughs> and then the players start laughing because they had been watching. So it was fun. It was, it was a nice end of the end of the day there. Everyone got a good laugh out of it. Uh, the player was just like, oh, I thought I was in trouble. It's like, nah, eat your cheese balls, man. <laughs> He's like, you want a cheese ball? Yeah. So we shared some cheese balls. <laughs> All's well that ends well. Yes. And I was muted. I'm like, yeah, quit interrupt. <clears throat> I'll be alright. So, we can't really talk about GP Richmond without talking about this fallout that's happened afterwards. Without talking about butts? Without talking... <laughs> I guess if you want to word it that way, yeah. So I was speaking. The phone. <clears throat> Let's talk about butts, baby. No. <laughs> uh, so I was sitting here on Monday. I took Monday off work because we got home at like I got home at like ten forty-five on Sunday, 
and I was like, hey, I could watch Walking Dead. So then I went to sleep immediately. I was like, face down on the bed, like like somebody stabbed me, and I just fell forward onto the bed. It was great. And I woke up the next morning way too early for how tired I was, and staggered out here to uh, the living room, and sat down and stared at the wall. And I realized there was a television there. Oh, look at that. So I turned the TV on and opened up YouTube, because it's what I do. Damn it, Prilliman. Yeah. And that that was just my day. That I just described my entire day. I got up to pee, I got up to make food. That was the day. Like I did nothing. I let my body mend, I let my brain mend. And then I went to work on Tuesday and found out that real life sucks. But we won't go into that. Uh but I I was sitting here talking via text with my friend Kim, who is a Redditor. <clears throat> and we were just shooting the breeze, you know, while I was flirting with her. Uh and next thing I know, she goes, Oh my god, go to are funny, which apparently means go to the Reddit funny thread. Okay. So I went to the funny subreddit, and there it was. This, uh, GP Richmond, what it, it's being called Crackgate on Twitter, and that pisses me off. Uh, this guy took, he would pose next to people whose butt cracks were hanging out, and a friend would snap a picture. <clears throat> and I was like, aw, man. Like, my first reaction was, son of a bitch, what a dick. This is gonna suck. Like, this guy's gonna get banned. And then I saw the one with the tear in his eye, and I bust out laughing. Like, (laughs) like, I'm not gonna lie. I saw the tear, and I could not take it. But, (coughs) other than that, like, this, it was the only one that got a laugh out of me. And, and it did not, like, I was not happy about this. And she's like, isn't that great? I'm like, no, that's not great. And it has since exploded. It's become, like, the most viral thing ever. You know, like, uh, Time.com had an article on it that said the dude got banned for six months, but no one knows that, so I get the feeling they're just hyping it. But I uh, just picked on, picked yeah. on another rumor about it. I gotta imagine, though, that, I mean, you're saying, like, oh, well, even Time.com had it, but if you read some of the articles on Time.com, they, they kind of, you know, really stretch. Yeah. yeah, it's it's as bad as, like, some of the stuff on Time.com and Forbes, I mean, it might as well be BuzzFeed. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's terrible. Right. Blech. But when I say Time.com, I don't mean, oh my god, because it's Time Magazine's website. No, I mean, because it's a non-magic news source. Like, it, yeah. it has broken free of the community. <clears throat> and lots of people are trying to, like, justify, well, he's making a public service announcement. You know, he posted it on Funny. All right, he's doing this to be a dick because he yeah he he fun. did it he did it to make fun of people yeah and I mean I'm gonna admit my first reaction was to think it's funny because you know how how you instinctively react to juvenile humor is dependent on how serious you are during the course of a day mm-hmm. and it I'm might usually be stoic not, as hell <laughs> uh no <laughs> that that depends on who you talk to so my first reaction was to laugh and then I was like uh that's kind of mean and he is kind of being a a jerk. That's not good. Hmm. And see, yeah. I am I am never serious ever. That's why I didn't I didn't find it funny and, until the tear, and then I laughed. But only at that <laughs> one. But uh, uh, yeah. And of course, because this happened at a Magic tournament, there's the argument: this is bad for the game, and it is. You know, this is gonna reinforce the you know fat smelly Magic player who lives in his mom's basement and doesn't wash. Yeah, it's another, it's another making fun of nerds thing. <laughs> it's it's totally another making fun of nerds thing. And not in the Big Bang Theory, you know, happy fun way. This is the hurtful way of making fun of nerds. Uh, and it's gonna, like, of course, people offer up the argument, well, he didn't use faces or anything, you know, so the only people 
that we're embarrassed are the people who recognize themselves. Yeah, well, what if someone else recognizes you and sends you a link? Hey, is this your ass? Oh, Jesus. Like, there was... Other than cheap laughs, there is absolutely no good that could come of this. And I don't know. Like, this is this is not good. I mean, uh, to, to be... <clears throat> excuse me. To be perfectly serious real quick, I've devoted a significant portion of my life to this game of Magic past playing it. I barely play Magic anymore. Listeners know this. Mm. For me to actually play a game of Magic is bizarre and unheard of. But And yet still, here I am. I go to these events... Except for Vegas under my own expense, and I ask people three questions, not because I'm gonna get anything out of it, but because it's awesome and I love to do it, and I think it's entertaining for the listeners to hear, you know, their big pros who are constantly talking about decks and cards and strategy to talk about goofy crap, you know, cause that's what I do. And, and so this, this game means a lot to me. I'm trying desperately to find a way to make this game and what I do like, my job. And, like, I've been asking for, you know, merchandise ideas and all that, and that's all related. Like, like I really want this to be what I do, because this is the only job I've ever had that I really love. And for someone to just... to just come in and shit all over it, it's just not cool, man. Like, I took that personally. And I'm, I'm, my crack wasn't in the picture. And, look, I'm a big guy. When I sit down, I tuck my shirt into the top of my pants. Like, every time I sit down, I'm like, uh, 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 just like that, just in case, you know, because I don't want to be one of the guys whose ass crack gets pictured uh, on Reddit. And it's it's just not cool. I don't know if I have anything else to say, really. Um, How much do you think it's him making fun of other people and him making fun of himself? Because I met the guy um, at the GP. And I talked to him before he actually posted those pictures. He showed them to me, and I had a laugh. But I, I think anyone who watches Family Guy or something like that will have a laugh. But he's in the picture himself, and he's doing things that are, to us, even you in the picture said was funny, but everyone makes fun of, like, fat people, nerds, things like that. But he's in the picture as well. Maybe Maybe he's making fun of himself. No, because it's not his butt crack roll left. Yeah. I don't, if there I don't was think a picture that's... of him turned around with his butt crack hanging out at the end of the gallery, right. I think that would actually be really good. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there would probably be less of a of of a of an outcry. Uh right. it would still it would still be there and there'd be a lot of people with the same uh ferocity. Right. Um but it would it would be there would be less of it if he was including himself in the joke. Yeah, I mean the fact the fact that he also happens to be you know a big magic player looking guy who is who is at this event and his face is in every picture that doesn't mitigate it. Yeah, that just makes him an easier target. So right. so yeah, when I when I saw this, uh, my 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 exposure to it was another judge posted it. It was like, look at this, ha ha ha. So my immediate was, oh no, oh what 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 have they done? So I contact them and I was just like, uh, this probably wasn't the best of ideas because this is going to come back to you. Meanwhile, I'm looking at it and I'll admit it. My, 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 after I got over that initial, I was like, okay, this is kind of, this is kind of funny, but no, this should not have been posted and has, should not have gone up. This is overall, this is a bad thing. Right. This is, this is not, uh, uh, raising awareness, uh, although that might actually 
be something that comes of this, you know, if you're going to be like a glass half, try and be glass half full. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, there was not a, uh, uh, a ulterior, like a noble ulterior motive for this. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, oh, hey, look, huh, I'm going to take a picture of ass cracks and I'm going to post it and it's going to be funny. And oh, shit, oh, shit, it got so big, it's out of control. Uh, you might have to cut that part. Ah. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? No. No. Um, oh, oh, poop, oh, poop. Uh, it's gotten out of control. Uh oh. Um, yeah. So, guys, generally just don't do that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a lot of common sense. Normally, if you think something's funny, just stop and think about it. Like, really, you know, what could possibly go wrong? And if the answer is, well, a whole bunch of things, uh, then yeah. don't, don't do it. Yeah, or or if you think about it, and you're, it, consider consider just the simple question: Is this mean spirited? And if the answer is yes, you need to back up and and reevaluate what you're about to do. See, the question so, I would say is: If someone did this to me, would I be pissed? That that would be my my question to ask myself. And I'm like, yes. well, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, um. So so one of the things that I've I've told judges as to how to handle this because it's on both sides is. If you see a, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give both, both perspectives too, or not both, uh, both points. If you see a player whose, you know, butt crack is hanging out of his britches, or I'll even say a woman who's showing too much cleavage, or, uh, she's showing butt crack, or something is just showing too much of a particular part of their anatomy, it is okay <clears throat> to politely and discreetly tell them to pull their drawers up, and both of those adverbs are important, politely and discreetly. Yes. Yeah. You don't, yeah, don't just, yell. just shouting out a, shouting out a quick crack kills as you walk past doesn't <laughs> right. help. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it could, it could be just, uh, a, you know, a gentle hand on the shoulder, you know, like lean down and say very low in the ear, you know, please pull your drawers up. Um, or can I speak to you away from the table for a second and, and then inform them and then they get to like, gracefully go back to their seat and adjust themselves um uh and then on the other side if you see a player or see a spectator who is taking pictures of these things um inform the head judge inform the to okay because since the to controls the space you know the head judge controls the event and the and the players in it but the to controls the space that the players are in and the TO will almost certainly remove the player from the event or from the venue. Uh, and those yeah. are the, those are the things, those are the things you can do. And those are the things you should do. Yeah. Be, being, being a real jerk or being a creeper is one of those unwanted behaviors that, that you, you really just don't want in, in any event, you know, from the Friday night magic level to the GP level. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I saw someone say, you know, if this guy was taking pictures of cleavage and putting it on Reddit with funny poses, would there be anybody on his side? <clears throat> and no. At least a couple. Well, okay. Would there be anybody that you want associated with you on his side? <laughs> Very few. <laughs> you know, oh, look, look at these great boobs at GP Richmond. No, see, that's not cool. <laughs> you, <sighs> that's creepy. That's creepy, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, if you'd been taking pictures of cankles, you know, look at all these cankles, you'd be Richmond. See, that's not cool either, man. It's, damn. 
So, yeah. I mean, this is reminiscent, not quite as bad, but still reminiscent of the whole Dr. Eightsides thing from whenever the hell ago that was. <clears throat> Who was just taking pictures of people and, you know, saying horrible things about them on Twitter. That was more directly, what the hell, really, dude, you're, you're fired. But yeah. this is still bad and still hurtful and still bad for the game and still not cool in any way. So, eh, just, uh, and quit sending it to me for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand what, like, we're not upset with, like, the listeners who have sent these emails to us, and I'm not upset with the people who have sent this to me on Facebook. No, not at all. Like, uh, like seriously, uh, Kat sent me a link to this on Facebook. She's like, did you see this? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Molly posted it on my wall in the middle of the night last night. Luckily, I was desperately trying to get Monday Night Magic posted, and I saw it, and I deleted it, and I was like, no. And she's like, what? That was great. I was like, no. <laughs> why wasn't it great? And I explained to her why it wasn't great, and she goes, well, now I feel bad. I'm like, well, don't feel bad. Just understand, I deleted it off my wall on purpose, and don't put it back. She's like, okay. Uh, so, yeah. You have anything else to throw in there, Corbin? You've been quiet for a while. No, no. I was just, I was just wondering, like, was there another side to it? I mean, other than him being a scumbag. I mean, technically, there's another side to it. There's always another side, but, but there, one side is always more valid and more important than the other. Not, and, and the, the, the argument of scumbag, okay, I don't don't think, think I don't think that's there. I I, I wouldn't say that. Okay. I mean, sure, it was a dick move, but I don't, I was. I would just say he was just being a jackass, you know. Yeah. Or, like, or he wasn't thinking clearly about what would happen after he posted that. Yeah. 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 Right. Like he didn't understand where the line should have been. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. It's uh, like frat boy humor. Right. You know. But it's not something he should have taken to Reddit or a, Facebook or something yeah. like that. And, you know, if people want to pull the... That's, that's actually something I meant to say earlier. People want to pull the raising awareness thing. If that's the case, he should have put it on the magic subreddit, but he didn't. He went straight to funny where it would get maximum impact. And, right. uh, you know, there's now a thread on the magic subreddit that as of lunch had like 300 and some comments, which means it had about 100 well thought out decent comments uh, of should the DCI institute a dress code. And Ooh. no. No more than the normal being out in public dress code. Exactly. Yeah. Which is what some of the more intelligent people were saying. They were like, you know, I think you should wear business casual. Shut up. You're an idiot. Well, so here's the thing. It's, it's on both sides. People are going way too far. Yeah. Okay. In, in the, in the. If I wasn't allowed to wear a heavy metal t-shirt to a magic tournament, I just wouldn't bother going. I'm sorry. It, he's not wrong. <laughs> it's what he wears to every, everyone. Except his lumberjack costume. No, I'm pretty there, sure there, there was, was. There was a metal shirt underneath the yeah. lumberjack oh. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> You were about to say something, O'Prillman, before Mike said that. No. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, on both on both sides. I mean, there there are some people that are going to like, you know, super high extremes. You know, calling this uh, 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 stalking and sexual harassment and all sorts of stuff. And it's like that. Those kind of those kind of things uh, have an intent behind it that I don't think is is here. And then people are like, oh, this guy is. Raising awareness gives him a nobility that he doesn't have either. So it's, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's just it's just like many things, the reality of the situation's probably in the middle more uh of yes it was a dick thing to do. Don't do anything like that again. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and no. someone's gonna be like, but what if it's really funny? It's like, no. I don't care if it's really funny. If it's really funny, you can if it's really about- yeah. If Let's it's go. really funny, there won't be a giant S storm like <laughs> there is right now. How about that? So yeah. Yes. So um, it's okay to tell players to pull their britches up politely and discreetly, and it's okay if you see a guy taking photos of said cracks to have him GTFO of your event there. Both are perfectly fine. Yeah. So enough of that. I guess, uh, should we just be done now? The GP Richmond episode? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, do you have any, uh, final thoughts, Mike? Cause we have to start with Mike. Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, I'm glad that I did decide to go out to GP Richmond with Chewy. I am glad that I joined the event, that I played in the events, um, cause I got to, I guess in a way I got some closure on my deck and whether it was good and what the problems were and what the strengths were. Um, and at the very least, I got a nice fancy batter skull and a nice fancy eternal witness play mat, so that was cool. Um, yeah, I'm glad I went out there. I, I only was able to play, well, I guess technically two side events. I don't know whether the rebound counted. But on Sunday, I got to play in a commander pod, and um, that was interesting. That was nice and fun. <laughs> the only reason I came away with even one, I was, uh, I was the last of... I was I was the second um, person. What am I trying to say here? I was one of the last two people in the game. There you but go. I came away with one pack, and that's just because the winning opponent was feeling nice to me. Because actually, now that I think about it, the other two, yeah, the other two players in the game, I ended up knocking out. One of them accidentally because I didn't realize I was dealing so much damage to him. And he gave his pack to a different player. And the other guy I knocked out just because I was tired of... I had already taken 30-something damage from Rurikthar's ability, and I was just sick of it. Um, and, then he gave his, and then he gave his good job pack to the other player that was still left in the game, and that guy ended up winning. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, he went ahead and let me keep the last good job pack that I was holding on to, uh, just to be nice. But, oh well, it, it was interesting. A good job pack? That's, that's what I call them. So for, for the commander pods, um, there's, there are two boosters set out in the middle of the table for the winner. And each person gets another booster that they hold on to until they're knocked out. Oh. And when okay. you're knocked out, you give, I call it the good job booster. When you're knocked out, you give the good job booster to one of the people still in the game who you think made the greatest contribution to the game. Which is clearly not Mike. Yeah, which is clearly, not the guy who just killed you, I guess, in my case. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I had a good time, and I'm glad we went out there, and I was really glad to um, spend time talking with uh, Justin and Corvin and Mike. As as weird as I can be around people that I don't know, I'm really surprised I do as well as I do when I'm talking with listeners <laughs> who come to hang out with us. And- <clears throat> Yeah, I actually mentioned that I ran off. I saw uh, the Lady Clues in the food line, and I was like, "Ooh, I haven't asked her three questions yet." And I rolled up to you know talk to her and ask her three questions, 
and we were standing there in the food line, and I went, I wonder how Mike's doing. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I just left him alone with a listener. And she's like, did the listener have, like, a weapon? <laughs> like, no, but being the raging egomaniac that I am, you know, I love meeting listeners. It's the greatest thing ever. I'm not sure exactly how Mike feels about it. Because I was just like, oh, got to go by, and I ran off. <laughs> I like I like meeting people. I'm just awkward. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a combination of, okay, I can tell this person is excited, and, and they're having fun, and that helps me. And, and also there's a feeling of, okay, this is a person who you really don't want to disappoint. Time to quit screwing around and do this right. So act like a normal person for the next half an hour, <laughs> and you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's it for me. Sweet. Well, how about you, Corbin? What you got? Uh, for my first GP, I think I did really well. Um, you did very well. <laughs> I think I'll go to another one that's in, <laughs> in the area. Um, I also played in a commander pod, and, um, the guys were cool. Uh, our game, our game didn't last too long. He was playing, uh, the main guy I was going versus, he was playing, uh, Joyra of the Gitu. Oh. And, and that got seriously one-sided really quick. Then we gave, we did a game, uh, after that just for fun, and I destroyed both of them. So, I think that was <laughs> a pretty good, I think that was a pretty good commander pod. Um, also played in the Mini Masters, that was, that was fun. I got four packs deep before I got knocked out, but. Nice. Yeah. I really enjoy it playing as a GP, even though I'm not, like, a really competitive Magic player, mostly just Commander, but it was a good experience. It was fun. Sweet. And then you got to come on the show. Yes. The highlight, yes. Because you played this dumb Death Cloud card that <laughs> made Mike all happy. <laughs> <laughs> Something about blowing up lands. So much fun. Well, how about you, B. Prills? What's your mossy uh, self? How how you doing over yes. there? Um, so I have one regret from this weekend, which is agreeing to share a room with Michael, uh, a patient zero Puccio, <laughs> who, as as I said on Facebook on on Friday, he's like, oh, I'm not feeling so well. I think it's out. It's it's probably my allergies. And then Saturday, he's like, oh, I'm still not feeling well. It's it's probably allergies. And Sunday, he's. You know, he's like, ah, this is definitely not allergies. And then come Monday, I'm like, uh, I'm not feeling so good. I really hope it's allergies. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hate you, Mr. Puccio. Um, other than that, uh, have you seen that modern master boxes are now going for like 450 on eBay? Whoa. Really? Yeah. Whoa. I believe, I mean, the numbers only keep dwindling as time goes on. And there was a lot given out this uh, this past weekend as well. Yeah, Star City was adding Modern Masters boosters as prizes for all of the side events, or just almost all of them? Almost all of them. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was wow. Much wow. Such Modern Masters. Is that an epic doge? <laughs> I, uh, yes. I'm new to this internet thing. I just learned what an epic doge was not too long ago. You just learned what a doge was not too long ago? Yeah. I'll, I'll have to send you more YouTube videos. I hate That's you. It's kind of sad when I'm more up on some of these things than you are. 
with as much as you screw around on Twitter and Reddit. I know, right? <laughs> you think as much as he twitters his Facebook that uh, he'd be up on all this stuff. I don't Twitter my Facebook in public, for God's sake. <laughs> Just as long as you don't Twitter your MyFace tube. <laughs> that's that's actually kind of hot. Um, that's not hot at all, actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. See, when you say I screw around on Twitter, I've learned a long time ago that Twitter is just there to piss me off. So unless someone sends me something Twitter related or someone mentions us on Twitter, I don't I don't pay attention to Twitter. I learned okay. a long time ago. You remember when I was unemployed? I would sit here and rage at Twitter. That's right. That's right. It was awful. So I stopped. Good. And I'm better for it. And uh, Reddit uh, is composed of the Magic subreddit, and I'm subscribed to a couple other, well, a handful of others that I don't ever go to. Like, and I I made this account like a year ago, over a year ago, because it said my account age was like, you know, 500 and some days old. I was like, really? (laughs) And uh, like one of the things I was subscribed to was girls in yoga pants, and I went, huh. (laughs) And I opened it up, and I was like, yep, that's, that's girls in yoga pants, and, and mine subscribed. <laughs> now you're on a list. I'm on a list? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I hope it was a joke, because now I'm paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that my butt crack is out there somewhere. But uh, anyway, that's a little more information about me than you probably needed. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, hey, Beeprill, do you ever tweet anymore? Yo, yo. Uh, like, from my personal account? Yeah. Uh, I never really tweeted to begin with. Okay. Uh, basically, I have only tweeted, like, a few times, and then once I got into an argument with Chris Lansdell, which, it, which actually is probably accounts for two-thirds of all my tweets, was that one argument. Yeah. Well, haven't we all gotten into an argument with Chris Lansdell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do both the JudgeCast Twitter account and the Magic Judges Twitter account. So I do tweet, it's just I'm nameless, faceless, uh, 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 authority person. <laughs> You're the man who keeps you down. I, I am the man that keeps you down. Yes. I'm currently lobbying for card flicking to be USC major. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, unsportsmanlike conduct major. Yeah, it's a game loss when you just sit there and flick your cards. <laughs> Get out. You're done. Game loss. You just, you just killed Brian Kibler's career. Yes. <laughs> Funny, that was the reply last time I made that joke, too. <laughs> was it to me? It might have been. Okay. I don't remember. It was a while back. It probably was, then. Yes. Oh, well. So you can follow, what was it, Magic Judges, and which one? Well, I mean, I don't I don't tweet as myself, but you can do ju- uh, You can follow JudgeCast. Uh, I'm, uh, bpril.mtg at gmail.com if you want to send me an email. Uh, you can also, uh, send questions to judgecasts.com, uh, where we record every other week on various, uh, judgy things or rules things. You know, we'll have, we'll have an episode on here's how combat works. Here's how the layers work. Here's how to team lead an event. Hey, here's a guy that's running a large charity tournament. Let's talk about the things that go into that. Um, uh, we sang DuckTales with Matt Tabak on one episode. DuckTales theme song. Love that. That's why, that's the, the, uh. Is that the crowning achievement? That is the crowning achievement. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, uh, awesome. Loved it. Uh, um, he actually had, cause it was, the interview, there was actually a woman, um, who I guess was like, I don't want to say like his handler, 
but uh, uh, just there to make sure that he didn't, you know, say anything bad. And we tried to we tried to interview her a little bit too, but she wasn't having any of that. Uh, um, so but, I just uh, sent you guys a link that you should click on, like right now. Oh, is this the? I uh, saw it. Is that is that Matt Tabak demonstrating reach? Yes. <laughs> of course, that's how the judge would put it. Yes. But yeah, it's it's Mark Rosewater, who is not tall, trying <laughs> desperately to high five Matt Tabak, who is very tall. And it is the the more you watch it, the funnier it gets. Okay, so when I click on it, it just goes to a page where I have to like sign up for a Vine account or some crap. Really? Well, you have a virus then, because I am watching Matt Tabak just shake his head in in scorn as Mark does the whole like swinging his arms around so that he can maybe jump a little bit higher. <laughs> no, it, it like goes to it. It goes to a damn placeholder page. Not not a placeholder page, but just like sign some home. It's homepage for Vine, yeah. Like oh. Vine, create and share beautiful looping videos. That's and there's a login button. I was like, I don't want to log in. Have you tried scrolling down or around or through? There is nowhere to scroll. That's weird, because I clicked on it, and I don't have a Vine account. Yeah, well, yeah. there's an option here that says sign in with Twitter, so you're probably signed in with Twitter. Nope. Unless I did that forever ago and it remembered, but I don't think I did. I might be signed in with Twitter. Um, it still says log in, so I'm guessing not. Well, man. Well, I I can't see. Them. Here's the thing for everybody that's not Mike. Uh, click on the link in the sh- that you're going to put in the show notes, and then laugh at the video, and then laugh at the fact that Mike can't see the video. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually just the best thing ever. Yeah. Like I know it's a simple thing to just do this login thing, but I don't want to make. Yet another account on yet another internet thing, just so I can watch stupid internet videos. See what that does. I don't know what that'll do. See what does. Oh, he oh, posted a new. He posted a new link. Oh my god, this one has sound. Oh, oh it yeah. does. How about that? You can hear. You can hear him thumping up and down as he lands. I right clicked and went to copy video location and gave that link to Mike. So now Mike should be able to see it. Oh, it's still loading. It's a six-second video, man. <laughs> the page is still loading. The page is blank. The page is blank. Are you using a 28-8 modem? <laughs> if someone calls you, do you drop off? Like, if someone actually calls you on your real phone, do you drop off this call? I mean, he does, but it's because he has to get up and walk across the room to yeah. answer it. Hey, I'm on the phone. I'm, on, I'm using the computer. Hang up. I guess I got those dolphins going back and forth. What browser are you using? Uh, the default is Internet Explorer. Netscape. Point nine six. <laughs> okay, now I see it. Yay! Yay. That is pretty funny. That's <laughs> like not worth the hype. I hate you all. <laughs> so yeah, I think we I should actually we... seen that Tayback. That's pretty frightening. <laughs> I've never seen him in relay. It's like Arthur Hellevy. Good lord. He actually told me when I was talking to him that Matt Tayback towers above him, and I was like, I can't even imagine that. And now I can, and I'm afraid. <laughs> Oh, well. So we should probably kill this episode, because we've been rambling on about nothing for far too long now. Yes. Yeah. So for my final thought, just this entire episode was my final thought, pretty much, because that's what this episode was. But uh, if I met you, <clears throat> or saw you, in uh, Richmond and didn't mention you, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, like We got to see uh, Trevor and Renee again. We split the room with them. And Kevin Sellers, Kevin for Battle on Twitter, spotted him several times. A bunch of our local players... And pseudo local players, we hung out with them quite a bit. 
it seems like anytime Chris Kennedy was looking for someone, he found me. <laughs> which is bizarre and terrifying. And yeah. But anyway, I'm glad I got to go. I'm glad I got to see B Pearls again. Uh, I'm glad I got to meet Corbin. Hey, hey. And I'm glad Mike went with me, because it was much more tolerable with a mic there. To have someone else to go to, you know. Okay, now what? Instead of having to think for myself all the time. <laughs> I I do that all the time. I don't have I, I don't have time for that. But I'm gonna sneeze now, so I'm gonna mute. But you guys you guys are going to uh SCG Charlotte, right? Maybe. Uh, I just found out about a um sort of family ish thing going on that weekend. Dang it, man. I it. <laughs> what? Um, uh, I I've pretty much decided I'm gonna be there. Because Bill offered me a ride, so I'm gonna go. Brian was thinking about going. Yeah, I might go too. Aren't you? Aren't you judging? I uh, yes, I'm the head judge. <laughs> I say, aren't you <laughs> head judging? I'm, uh, yes, I'm head judging the standard open. Nice. So, so yeah, I'll probably be there. Maybe. <laughs> Scraping the bottom of the barrel because all the good yeah. judges were doing the, the invitational, right? I mean, yeah, that's exactly what that is. It's just <laughs> like, oh. Oh. Word. So I'm not going to be working. I'm not going to be playing in the event unless Mike doesn't go, in which case I might borrow his mazes in deck. <laughs> Ooh, that that takes a lot of practical experience to actually play well. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that. Say, so, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> when have I ever cared? Okay, fine. But, uh, yeah, but I'm not going to be doing three questions because it's just a SCG event and but it's a Grand Prix thing. So, yeah. Bill Squee, you know, you guys know him. He's our most frequent guest host here, and he's almost a regular on Monday Night Magic. He has his own fan base on Monday Night Magic, which is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe Mike and maybe Brian. We haven't spoken about it, obviously. So, yay, that'll be fun. But I think we're going to call this now. So, thank you very much, Brian Perlman, level three from Orlando. Is that right? And you're muted. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. Okay. I was call I was coughing, man, because I'm oh. sick. Because Michael Puccio, because of patient zero, because of patient zero, typhoid Puccio, and yes, <laughs> <laughs> so mad. But anyway, thank you very much, Prilliman, for showing up despite your illness, and Corvin for coming on. It, it was awesome to have you too. We actually got all the perspectives, I think, or at least all the important ones, <laughs> except for someone who made day two playing, because I only dropped one game all weekend. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Which one was that? I don't remember watching it. Because <laughs> you were right there getting dropped with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my 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 perspective on, like, the, the, the day two and the winners winning, you know, it's like, yay, they're announcing the top eight, yay, quit using the microphone, I gotta fire off four more drafts. <laughs> 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 So anyway, uh, all of our contact information is in the show notes for every episode, uh, at the mana pool, facebook.com slash the mana pool, dorks at the mana pool.com is our, uh, email address. Send all that to us. Uh, check out the website for Mike's deck, for Corvin's deck, and for this episode, of course, if you're hearing it, you know, you might as well go read the show notes because I had to write those, damn it. <laughs> and yeah, I guess that's it. So I'm going to go now because I've really gotta pee so this has been episode 315 of the mana pool thank you all very much for listening and uh go play some magic at a grand prix why not